Tomahawk, my little flute benders, and welcome to I Like to Movie Movie, the podcast about movie movies. My name is Garrett Smith. My name is Dan Scully. And we are joined by a very special guest, the incredibly famous Ron Gallo. Incredibly talented. Talented. That's probably the right Ron word Gallo. I meant to look for. Uh, welcome to the show, Ron. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey. It's uh, so good to see your faces, even yeah. though I said that to you in real life before this podcast. It's all right. good. It's so it good again. to see you say that again yes. yeah. in, in the flesh. On, re- on record. Yeah. Ron and I are uh, uh, go way back. We're old college buddies. And uh, Ron is, uh, I guess, not currently on the road as a musician, but Ron is out there making a name for himself. Uh, if you haven't heard him before, look up Ron Gallo on Spotify. You'll find, I think, do you have bo- just the full lengths up or do you have a bunch of stuff up there now? There are like two full lengths and a Two EPs and a couple just single tracks. Yeah, because I noticed like stuff. some of the Toy Soldiers stuff has like dropped off of there, and some of it has. Yeah, yeah. there's just the the latest record, the Maybe Boys one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good. Where... That's a good record. Uh, I like that record. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't even really thought about it in such a long really? time. Really, I, I really I'm like, like that afraid record. to go back. Really, do you find yeah. that happens when you go back? You feel disappointed or like let down by something? It's usually. I usually listen to stuff and I'm like. Man, you thought you kind of knew what you were doing, and then <laughs> it's like you realize there's such a huge difference between what you thought you were doing at the time and kind of where you are now. It's, I don't know. It's just I feel you, man. If I look uh, at an early stand-up comedy video, I feel very embarrassed for myself and yeah. often ashamed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but I you can almost embrace records, it though, as so, you know. well. Thank you. No, That's, nobody's gonna listen to the open mic sets though. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like brutal shit. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know. You can kind of look at it too, like oh, young. A younger version of myself. Sure. Oh, so adorable. You were trying to yeah. figure your Capturing figure your time. shit out. Um, but I, don't know, I usually hate things before they even come out at this point. <laughs> so to go back to the yeah. old, it's I don't know. I'm trying to change my relationship with all of it. Like yeah. not to Fair judge enough. too hard on it. That's good. kind of. I never listen to the podcast. Healthy. Because I know I'm going to be like, what a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. This idiot. You're probably going to hate the way your voice sounds because mm-hmm. no one, you don't hear your voice yeah. as it as it is. I mean. Yeah. It's all stop being critical of ourselves. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember. I actually don't know how I first met you because I, like I know I knew I feel you like through it's my Marlton. Yeah, it's got to be Bauer. Bauer yeah, yeah. but then Bauer is how I met Garrett. So yeah. it's just very weird that this is like a, a thing. Royal flush. You and I were in a band together Holy for shit. one day. <laughs> for Wait, one day. what? We were in a band together for one day. <laughs> one fucking th- so that's how we did it. <laughs> that's when I met you. Royal Flush. I haven't thought about that in terms of it being a band name since like a day after that ended. This is so funny. That's I had no so idea. Weird. I had no idea. <laughs> it was one day. Literally one day. Do you wow. really rem- you really remember that? I can, do remember that. It was I in assume, someone's garage. Can I assume that Bauer was in this band? Because he's the only guy I know that has I believe probably Bauer a history of one, dow- one day bands. Bauer was in this band. I believe you Dave Rector played a toy accordion. Probably. 
I think that was a thing that, that happened. He played a toy accordion. You've had a lot of why people throughout your life that come to your bands and go <laughs> yeah, like, you could bang a hammer with too. a shovel. Like, why not? Put me in your band. Just all are welcome. Yeah. More than, just like, let's just do stuff You're like with a one-man polyphonic spree. Exactly. Just picking people up, dropping people off, and just yeah. moving forward. And yeah. it continuously Keeping crumbles, and then you have to build a new, yeah. a new polyphonic spree. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, that's so Royal fucking flush. funny. You just blew my mind that's a little bit. So I think we. I actually made... A .cjb.net website for that band before <laughs> we even had a song. Seems That's so likely. funny. But that yeah. is where I met you. That's fucking crazy. Which oh, I don't even like. I don't remember what I haven't seen was. you since then. No. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. I think the last time literally I saw you was before an open mic in Northern Liberties at um, Ortlieb's. Ortlieb's. There was a music thing. I don't know if that came before or after I had to do comedy before your band and no one was having it at Johnny Brenda's. Thanks for trying. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> just I know, a, you can't insert. That might, have been one I, your, that might have been one of your three for three shows that he's talking about. It probably yeah, was. Yeah, that, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. I did there. That was a lot of fun. <sighs> it's just a, comedy between two bands is tough. Yeah. We Carla were talking about that a minute ago. Yeah. It's like, yeah. for me, I love it so much because my respect for what you guys do is beyond for any other musician that I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love the pairing and I love the marriage of comedy and music. I think it works great. But. But we were kind of talking yeah. out of context for a music audience. It's got to be kind of difficult. Yeah. So I'm like there and I'm like, I love this. This is yeah. exactly what I want to see. Yeah. I guess it can be difficult for, the, for I was, the people. I was telling him I heard Bobcat Goldthwaite tell a story about yeah. opening for Nirvana. I was opening for Nirvana. Well, and that was the thing is he was like, this is like during the era of his Except career. Like when Robert Rule. Yeah. <laughs> this was during the era of his career when that's what he was doing, when that's what Bobcat mm. was, was the big... <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. character. So can you imagine being a Gen Xer who's nihilistic about everything and hates yeah, everything, yeah. going to see Nirvana, and <laughs> comes out on stage like before the band you're there to see? Like that's that fucking guy from Police Academy yeah, 8. Exactly, <laughs> yes. You would hate it. He's the guy who made the noises, and not the noises, the yeah. voices. And you, would, you would hate it. Good. He said he got like bottles thrown at him and stuff. Like it, it, It's weird. But I, yeah. I have always, I, I've been, we, we were talking about this, I've always been like you. That's I appreciate the the kind of marriage of those things too. That's like something I that I'm interested it. in. I, I want it the diversity of art yeah. in, in one show is like yeah. exciting. I think that most comedians get into comedy because they would like to be rock stars, that, but they, they don't have musical talent, They but they want to be up there and command the crowd. And I can't speak for how musicians feel, but I've talked to plenty that were like, I wish I could be a comedian. Like, that's, that's so, I wish I could, if I only had to do a joke as opposed to play a song. I am, and it's like this. Yes. So I imagine like this there's casual. an appeal for, especially like maybe if you're a solo artist, it's different, but I would imagine uh, somebody that's in a band leading a band, there's definitely an appeal to, oh, I don't have to have a van full of shit and people that I'm responsible for and to. I can just show up, do my shit, and leave, mm -hmm. and that's it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm jealous though. Like, yeah. if you get stuck in a bad bit, you can either can the bit, which could sink your whole night, or finish the bit, which could sink your whole night. But like, if you're in the middle of a song and people aren't digging it, you just play out the song, get on to the next yeah. song, and, and it, like yeah. it, that. I'm jealous of that. Yeah. Although I imagine there is a, a tight rope walk that I can't feel. I mean, we didn't play any shows as Royal Flush, so I don't have that experience. <laughs> yeah, it's not too late. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of we were talking about that too. It's I mean, for comedians, you know, for it's so dependent upon a response in terms of it feeling even remotely comfortable. But for yeah, a yeah, band, yeah. it's like you can just get up and play, which I've done a million times to nobody, and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. play for yourself. Yeah. It feels good. But yeah. you can't hide behind anything, and that's why it's so admirable, I think, to all musicians what you guys do because it's... and Because it, I, th I think there's an envy there. We, like, wish that we could do that. Because yeah. it's... 
if you can do that, I mean, you can pretty much, I feel you can do any kind of performance on well, stage. Well, one thing that we can't do, though, is play instruments, eh, and then therefore, <laughs> we're jealous of rock stars. Yeah. But yeah, that's actually a good answer. Nobody can. Yeah, yeah. I've, well, I've heard uh, bands who can. I love greener. them. Yeah. Uh, well, as long as you're here, Ron, let's uh, let's talk. Uh, you were telling me about some movies you've seen recently that yeah. you liked, and I the the one that I'm most interested to talk about. But I know you saw another one that I think Dan has seen, but I haven't. Did you see yesterday? I fucking Hash loved it out. yesterday. Right? Yes, it felt so good. It was so nice. It was just what I needed. And I'm so relieved that you just said right rather than what the fuck. <laughs> well, a lot of people have given me that response. I was afraid to kind of bring it up because it's like these. No, let's get into it, man. So this movie ruled. Dan, so, Dan loved it. Loved it. I loved it too. I mean, you know, there were moments where it was like incredibly cheesy, almost yeah. cringe. It, yeah. but it owns that though. Like it's into it. The thing about that movie for me, speaking of musicians, is that I bet I know that I have, but every musician I think at some point fantasizes about that exact thing. Oh, the Beatles yeah. didn't exist and you could somehow have written those songs. I yeah. think every person that writes songs goes through that at some yeah. point. So I didn't even know the movie existed and then I was with my mom and like watched a trailer and I was like, I've thought about that before. <laughs> I need to see this movie. My dream. And so, yeah, I mean, the cheese, like, whatever. I think it needs All to be side. cheesy. Of the course. magic of I mean, it doesn't have an explanation. Yeah. It just occurs. Exactly. So, like, the cheese works in that mm-hmm. lens. I love that. And I loved sort of the, the ending and kind of the message behind it. You know, it's what would like, you say is the message behind it? That none of it, especially with that, you know, the John Lennon character, quote unquote, scene, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then sort of the whole relationship with Ellie. For me, it really resonated because when you go out and you're like hitting the road hard and you're like doing all this shit that you thought you always wanted to do, you realize that it's not the answer and has nothing to do with peace or happiness in your life. Mm. And for him, for the ending to kind of like acknowledge that, yeah, like mm. forget all of this, this is not the answer, and to kind of turn towards, I want to leave a simple life, yeah, avoid all of this like fame glamour bullshit Mm -hmm. and focus on what's actually really real in this world which is like this person and kind of backed by like the john lennon thing like if john lennon's life went in a different way interesting and he was actually happy because i mean if you know anything about john lennon a little bit you know he's a pretty angry miserable guy yeah Mm -hmm. And then you see this like mirrored other it's dimensional. A, Robert version. Carlyle plays him. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. And yeah. he talks to him and he's like, So like, do you enjoy your life? And he's like, Yeah, it's very simple. He like lives in the middle of nowhere. And oh, right, because he's he didn't get to be a part of the Beatles because they exactly. don't exist in this. Yeah. I was yeah. I was half expecting him to be like, No, I'm really happy. You want some heroin? <laughs> 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 oh shit. <laughs> okay, so things yeah, aren't yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like that because it's kind of like something that a lot of people don't talk about i think we're all kind of wired up to think i need to get ahead i need to become something i need to become something you are something and then you you are something and it doesn't matter like really what you accomplish or all of this excess stuff as a matter of fact it just kind of covers up the point Mm. i think simplicity and the people in your life and kind of having just something small and beautiful like is really what it's all about and sometimes you have to go out there to realize that Mm. yeah we have this misconception like when I get to this level, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, the, it, it's, my, it's like the opposite. So I, yeah. I didn't really see that coming, and maybe I took that like more powerfully than... No, dude, watching, I feel it, because I, I, that is where it lands, and I felt the same way, yeah. and I loved that threaded through it was the idea of... You know, I'm a pretty big Beatles fan, mm-hmm. and so I liked what it had to say about the Beatles, which was simply, isn't it awesome 
that we all get to live in a world where the Beatles are a thing? Right. Like, isn't Insane. the world a more magical place because yes. we have that? Yes. That's so cool. Yeah, it's it is, so man. cool. Yeah. It's more magical than any magic in the movie of him, you know, right. remembering yeah. that the Beatles yeah. exist. There's yeah. also a great joke, Oasis does not exist either in this world. <laughs> <laughs> because the Beatles exist. Yeah. So and Oasis does not cigarettes exist. Cigarettes don't exist. <laughs> uh, Coca-Cola's out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so oh funny. It's God, weird. That's funny. I want a I sequel, though, where, like, like a dark sequel where now that he's in this world, like, things keep happening where he's like, oh, yeah, you know, let's, uh, can I get some cheese on that? And they're like, what cheese? What is this word yeah, you're just saying? Just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And and like the, the doctor's Google like, shot. you might want to sit down. Yeah. You have lymphoma. And he's like, oh, man, when can I start chemo? And they're like, keep, what, what is that? Like, just a really dark world <laughs> right. where things keep right. happening. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you it liked it. It doesn't go too, there. It's very I, light. Yeah. I, does, I would like yeah. to see it. It's, it's one of our favorite directors. Danny Boyle made that movie. Okay. He directs the hell out of it. Yeah. And it's not like, He's not present the way that he is yeah. in a lot of his movies. Yeah. Where there's words popping up on screen and things I like feel that. Like he's been shaving a lot of that off over a lot the last of that few off, years. But certain things will happen where it is a very static scene. But guess what? It's at a ninety degree angle. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah Just yeah, things yeah. like that. It's, yep. But it looks beautiful. And yeah. the the lead performance. It's oh, what is his name? Do you know his name? I think it's Himesh something. I don't know. It's his first movie ever, and he's oh, incredible. He has wow. the voice of an angel. That's yeah, awesome. Wow. That was his first movie. I didn't realize it's his that. first movie Oh, so ever. does he do like the versions of Beatles songs that he plays? That's him doing those songs. It's him doing yeah, those songs. That's cool. Yeah. The yeah. thing is, they don't exist, yeah. so he can't just like look up tabs online. Right. right. He has to remember right. the songs, yeah. and he has to like yeah. put like one so of the So does he play themes. slightly different versions of the songs like sometimes? He struggles with remembering the order of the plot of Eleanor Rigby. Okay. Things like that. He does them pretty spot on, though. Yeah. She's just like, and when you're watching it, you just realize how incredible those songs are. Yeah. Like the scene, I just think, where he plays yesterday at the table. Yeah. And everyone's just like, like what the so hell moved that? by that yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, and it's, it's so funny too, because he doesn't yeah. know yet. So yeah. he's very yeah. much just like, yeah. that's like the most famous song ever right. yeah. played. Like, what are you talking about? That, I'm, well, I, that's, uh, I'm interested in that movie specifically because of the experience you and I had in college together, which was, you know, you and I both kind of came into college as just indie rock fans, basically. Mm. And then kind of had this collective, like, we watched um, uh, Scorsese's movie about the band, The Last Waltz. Oh, man. We right watched, I think, like two or three Beatles documentaries. Mm -hmm. We had like a phase where we were watching a lot of music documentaries. Yeah. And we got really into like pretty much that. We had a lot of discussions about like, how the fuck are the Beatles so good when all it is is these like extremely basic, simple songs and melodies, but they're... Mm. Perfect. They're more perfect than anything anybody's ever done since. They just breathe like, music. Yeah, dudes yeah. just do it. It's yeah. tough, man. I it cannot wrap my head around. Well, it. and like uh, Noah Scaroff, uh, right. old friend of ours that we used to play in a band with. Like this movie is literally an idea. I remember him telling me about like years ago. Yes. He. This is yeah. literally an idea he thought about and, and no would way. talk about all the time. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. he's like, I've always wanted to do a movie where it's like, like somebody time travels back to before the Beatles. And then writes all the Beatles songs, quote unquote, like before the Beatles can get to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like having like the Hurley trying to write Empire Strikes Back yes. and Lost. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which is it's so funny to me that this movie came out, and I was like, man, this is literally like a conversation Ron and I used to have in college, like all the time. That's yeah. what this movie is about. You would like it, yeah. man. Yeah. It's good. They like kind of explore the idea to the fullest. Yeah. Kate McKinnon's in it. She's hilarious. Oh, I love Kate McKinnon. So, good. so she's Deborah yeah. Hammer, the hardcore oh, yeah, manager. Yeah, yeah it's, the worst of the worst. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's so good. Eager. At it. Soul alive. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Another idea for a sequel. It's called Tomorrow. <laughs> and the world wakes up and nobody remembers the musical Annie. <laughs> and then someone creates the musical Annie and receives like a marginal amount of fame out of it. Yes, and, you yeah. know, and then goes about that. That's, <laughs> it's not a great movie, but no. sequels don't have to be. 
So tomorrow <laughs> seems a little lesser. The sequel. Yesterday, everybody forgot the Beatles, but tomorrow, no one remembers. <laughs> Yo, you Andy. heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, around the other thing you saw that we were talking a lot about was the Art of Self Defense, yeah. which is still my number one movie of the year so far. I like yeah. really, really like this movie. Um, what? Uh, but I'm interested in you saw it with your your mom and uh, her boyfriend, which yes. you said were you. It might have gone over their heads. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they loved yesterday. We, yeah. we actually went back-to-back <laughs> really? days. We saw yesterday one day, Art of Self-Defense yeah. the following day. Did um, You should have gone the other way around. He, like here's what I'm curious about. Did they want to see that movie, or did you want it? Like, Art of Self-Defense in particular. Like, how did it get to they ended up seeing that with you? So we wanted to go to the movies again. Yeah. So I went on the site, and I was yeah. kind of clicking around, and I watched the trailer for that, Yeah. and I was immediately drawn to it, and yeah. I kind of tried to sell them on it. Yeah. I was like, I played it for them, and I think I played um, some movie Wild Rose. I played the trailer, and I was like, yeah. Ooh, highly recommend Wild you saw Rose. It? Yeah. Okay. Highly recommend it. Because of the Nashville thing, I was like, oh, this could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, Nashville by way of Scotland. Right. It's in Glasgow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, sorry. So that, we, that movie just excites me. It's really good. We watched just those two trailers, and I was like, oh, well, there's a couple options. Yeah. But I was kind of pushing for Art of Self Defense yeah, yeah. because I kind of knew it would be right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they liked it. I just think yeah. that it's. It's probably was just a little bit more confusing for them than kind of understanding. It's a very unique sense of humor. Because we very, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah. saw a preview screening of it that was not packed. It wasn't like empty, but it wasn't packed either. And like, it was really me, Dan, and our friend Andy were like howling with laughter, <laughs> while mostly everybody else seemed to be just kind of uncomfortably yeah, like giggling. The, the broader from time jokes to time. would hit, but like yeah. the really yeah. like woven in comedy just kind of. Yeah. I think it probably just felt. Dark and mean. Yeah, and yeah, they sure, thought it was going to sure. be Napoleon Dynamite yes. in a karate school. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's much more. It and it's beginning. In fact, I think I saw Riley Stearns make a joke about this that he's sure a bunch of these directors are really annoyed that he's getting compared to them. But like, it reminded me of a Jody Hill movie. He's the guy that made um, uh, um, Foot Fist Way, Foot, Observe yeah, Report, uh, Observe and Report. But you would know. Um, um, Kenny Powers. What's that show called? Oh, he's bound and down. He's bound and down. It's that guy. It it has a very similar tone to that guy's stuff, where it's like it's wickedly dark. Yeah, Yeah. someone might get like severely injured or hospitalized or killed. Yeah, at any moment. Very funny. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got about one minute, guys. Unfortunately, well, thank you for giving us so much time. Thanks. It's so good to see you, man. Yeah, so great. We're just really happy to have you here. Yeah, this is really good to catch up. I um. Next time I come through Philly, please I'm set aside more time than three hours, not the mercy of borrowing my mom's car <laughs> yeah. and having to go to dinner. We would love have anything that you want to plug. <sighs> anything at all? Living life, yeah. right? Not yeah. doing yeah. shit, yeah. not trying to promote anything. Yeah. That's what I'm going to promote right now. And, well, cheers uh, to that. I'll do it for know. you. Ron, Ron does have some very good <laughs> albums on Spotify that people should look up. Uh, Ron Gallo on Spotify. He's very good albums. Yeah, you can get like enjoy. 15 cents off these Spotify clicks coming this in. That's true. It's not even. real good. I know. It's, it's like, not, real it's like good. a fraction. I right? ain't getting shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's tough. going yeah. right to somebody else. Yeah, but I subscribe cool. and I pay. So do I. Motherfuckers. <laughs> God so damn it. I. Can't even get a free subscription. <laughs> I'm on but, uh, it. Yeah. I'm literally on good. it. Yeah. Listen to that shit. New things coming soon once I figure out. But uh, other than that, you know, just getting off the social media, getting away from all Hell the yeah, shit dude. and just 
hang on people face to face like this is yep. good. Ron and I have been exchanging do, emails lately because Ooh, that's how you contact. That's Ron what I want to promote, and it's like amazing. Email your friends. It's honestly, it's been that's great. Actually, yeah. really good. It's awesome. It's, it's been, been a while since I've like sent a hearty email that was because we literally we send each other like full on like letters to each other. I got to get back to your. I hope this message finds you well. There's no rush. It's like get back to whatever, and you write a novel, and it can just be ongoing forever. It's great. So good. Nice. It's like I got. It's like I have a pen pal with my best friend, but I mean that in like a very positive way, not like a. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's yeah, a great yeah. way to do it, as opposed yeah. to just like being like, "Oh, they get a notification that I saw that picture." Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, right. great. You right. know, exactly. That's, yeah, it's right been on. good. Well, well, thanks for coming by, buddy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, love you, dude. Love you too. Enjoy. Enjoy. We'll email yeah. you. I want to hug you. Guys. <laughs> yeah, let's, <laughs> let's hug it out. You can pause it. Bone Tomahawk, we're back. We are back. So yeah, what we did. Thank there you to was, Ron uh, Gallo for Ron being here. Ron was here for a short while, yeah. and we just wanted to get some time. We wanted to get him on the mic while we had him. And so now, so then we watched the movie we're going to talk yes, about. Yes, which Should is. We just go into it. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Four rooms. Four rooms. This is like I don't want to say the lost Tarantino movie, right. but it's like the unthought of Tarantino movie because it's only it's an anthology movie of which he did a part. And you know what's interesting? I feel like I, maybe this is just the kind of nerd I was at the time, but I feel like when I was getting into Tarantino. In like the when I was in I was probably in like high school like so like the early 2000s I feel like this movie did come up a lot because at the time we only had four Tarantino movies yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it always came up as the underground one. Yes. Like, yo, do you hear about this? Right. But I feel like I haven't heard anybody talk about it since then. You know what I mean? Like, mm. since he's made more movies and has really like established himself and what he is and does, like, I feel like this has kind of faded into the ether of time, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and it's also like this is a movie that's not really particularly loved, right? And honestly, having just watched it now, like it's not even particularly. I, I think, good. understandably so. It's yeah, it's yeah. a little bit lost. It's uh, a lot of fun. Yes, I did. I do like it. There's like, like a lot to love about this movie that I'm excited to talk it's very about. Weird, but it definitely. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It just has this kind of overall tone that is just feels like. This never quite came together. Yeah, yeah. Like even the moment it starts, it's, it's like this. Yeah, yeah. But it's just not. It's just weird. It's a weird fucking movie. Y- yes, it's a yeah. weird ass movie. Yeah. But this is, I guess, this came out was it 1995? I think so. We so. had Reservoir Dogs and Pulp yep. Fiction. Yep. And that was that. Yeah. Uh, I think Robert Rodriguez was just the El Mariachi guy at that point. I think maybe. Yes, Desperado. Desperado 96. Hold on, you might be right. Yeah. Oh look. But either way, this seems to be a project that was thrown together by Miramax to highlight up and coming directors on the heels of like the biggest up and coming director yes. at the time, which was Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. And he was their boy. And so yeah, it's a it's a four part story. Ninety five is Desperado, so this okay, would have been so right in there. Right and it actually the makes sense given the cast of this too. Yeah, with Antonio yeah. Banderas and, and Selma. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that's just that's the Rodriguez family. Yes, familia. Yeah, that's true. It's Familia. It's a Rodriguez yeah. familia. So we thought we'd pull this movie out because this is the week that Once Upon a Time in, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, the penultimate. If we are to be uh, uh, believing of Tarantino's claims, the penultimate Tarantino movie, yeah. which will be capped ostensibly by, by a Star, Star Trek, Trek <laughs> flick, an R-rated Star Trek, which honestly makes perfect sense. Yep. It makes absolute perfect sense. But I don't think he has it in his blood to stop making movies. Right? Yeah, he says I he agree. wants to write a novel. I want oh, to that, that would novel. be interesting. But apparently, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood began as a novel. Yeah. And then he realized, no, 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 I okay. have to make this. And interesting. I'll just say, I saw it, and it's very, very good, in my opinion. But it's definitely very different from a lot of things that he's done in the past. Yeah. And so I've been trying to read a lot of the reviews, because a lot of people really did not care for it at all. And I don't think I've come up against anything that I couldn't understand. Um 
it's a movie that it makes sense not to like. But fortunately, I think it's like really something special. I'm kind of yeah. obsessed with it. I, I'm it's very excited really to see phenomenal. it. I unfortunately have not seen it yet. I'm very excited to hear yeah. your take on it because I can't. Nine times out of ten, I can guess if you're going to like a movie. Uh-huh. I don't really you have, have no any idea guess for it. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what's going to rub you the right way the yeah, wrong yeah. way. And, you know, it's, cause literally everything I've seen where someone said that, I'm like, yeah, that did happen. That didn't bug me, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that, you know, like, oh, I liked that about it. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. so. You That's know, interesting. It's one of those movies. And so that means it's good. Yeah. Even, I mean, if, if it's not good, it's still good. I'm very excited to see it. And and honestly, the mixed reception has made me only like that much more oh, curious yeah. about it, you know. Um, it's crazy. But yeah, I'm I'm very interested. But that so I mean, funny. so that ended up being kind of like why we decided on four rooms because I've not seen it yet, so we couldn't do that. And then it occurred to you kind of that like his segment in this is is literally called what the man from, Hollywood, the man from Hollywood, right? It's like it's a Hollywood based. You know, it's just about the mythos yeah. of Hollywood. Yeah, there is some kind of tie here to to mm. to that movie. I think. Let's do it. Should we start at the beginning? Yeah, I think so. Because the first one... It's, so help me with the, the director's names of the All first right. two segments. So the first one is Allison Anders. Yes, yeah. And uh, I actually am not familiar with any of her work, which so says I'm, probably a lot about... I'm only aware... Yeah, I'm barely aware. Like, So I know she made that movie, um, or I didn't even realize she made it until you read it off of IMDb earlier. Oh, but Gas Food Lodging. Gas Food Lodging, which... I believe played at Lightbox just this year or last year as part of like um, one of their, I think the theme that month was like, that might've been part of, I can't remember like the, the, there was like a sort of like a youth culture series they did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they were playing a, uh, what was the sphere? Uh, yeah. The suburbia. I think. Civilization, right? Yeah. Doing all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm looking at just what gas food lodging is. And I had honestly, like, I, I think I remember seeing that title yeah. card at Lightbox. I believe I a friend of the show, Dan Santelli, is a big fan of that movie. I feel like he's who told me that that would have been a screening worth going to. That's uh, fucking cool. That I then did not go to. In the boring desert of New Mexico, a single mother raises her two teenage daughters, Shade and Trudy, whose deepest desire is to leave the dead calm town. Shade is the type to escape in her extravagant fantasies, while Trudy is so rebellious it could drive her away. Interesting. That sounds pretty good. I'm into it. Yeah. It sounds cool to me. And it makes sense it's got that... got James Brolin and Fruza Balk in it. Oh, that's cool. Oh, and cool. Ioni Sky. Yeah, okay. Yep. So, yeah, who was in uh, yes. The Missing Ingredient and, and the first chapter. And uh, then Madonna's in her chapter. Yeah. Um, uh, Lily Taylor, is that her name? Lily Taylor. Who rocks. I, I love, love her Lily every Taylor. time I see her. Um, and she's like, she's playing an interesting... So, the thing I like about... Let's talk about this first segment. Yeah, so... so this movie opens. It is. It is an anthology movie. Yes. Yeah. And that is the the assumption. We've done no research into this. Yeah. The assumption is that based on the clout at the time of Miramax and Tarantino. Yep. Uh, after Pulp Fiction getting Palme d'Or, getting a screenplay Oscar, he was like the hot thing. Yes. And, and already there were stylistic aping of Tarantino going on. Yeah. And uh, so he was like definitely like an image thing, and a, a man who was literally born and raised in Hollywood that just broke into it in a indie sense. Very weird. Yeah. But through his clout, it seems to be a project that I'm assuming was assigned to elevate the names of filmmakers that were up and coming. Sure. Yeah. And so we know Tarantino, of course. Yeah. We know Robert Rodriguez, yep. of course. Kind of went a different angle with the with his sort of thing. These other two directors, I'm going to have to look up both of their names yeah. again. It's. Very, very weird how that happened. It, it is weird, and it's also weird that you go back and watch this movie, and it's like, yeah, the two segments that I like and remember are from the two directors that I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? 
And the ones that I'm not as much a fan of and don't remember as well are from directors that I don't really know. But as it turns out... Which is interesting. But I actually... The, the first one... I, it's pretty good. I always remember being my least favorite, I actually liked quite a bit. Yeah. I, um, I liked it a lot, too. I... Well, so let's but let's set it up first. I just realized yeah. like the the premise of the movie ultimately is Tim Roth's Yes, bellhop. it is New Year's Eve and Ted the bellhop is being left to care for this entire hotel completely on his own. Yeah. And so the structure of this anthology with four different directors is each room is a different movie that he is in. Mm-hmm. Um, not you're not necessarily a different movie that he's in, but they take to a different genre of you know sort of, sort of thing. But yes, each room is a short film adventure involving Ted, the, Ted top, the bellhop, who himself is a almost post-Tarantino riff on Jerry Lewis's bellhop character. Yeah, which I'm not familiar with, but as soon as you said it, like totally made sense. Because I, I spent a lot of the beginning of this movie being like, how did they even... Like what is yeah, Tim what is Roth that? doing in this movie? Because well, he's said, like he's kind of like a cartoon. Yeah, and then the, and then the cartoon start, credits start. Literally, as yeah, animated. Yeah. Uh, Ted the bellhop doing adventures. He is like a cartoon character. He's kind of like a muppet. He's sort of doing what feels like a silent comedy routine to me, despite the but fact that he's one. not yeah, silent. Yeah. yeah. Well, he does a lot of shtick. He does like some shtick with cigarette smoke. Yep. He's always popping into a pose. Yep. He's like kind of like shaking his hips all the time. Like, he just has like a queer way about him. Yeah, like that's a good way to put it. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like yep. he has like this effete way about him that he's like, he's just weird. He's he kind of reminds me of a peewee, yeah, yeah, but one that is a little more derivative of something. You know, like Jerry Lewis's Bell uh, Bell Bellhop. As soon as you said that, it made sense to yeah. me. I was like, that actually is like the that's the one way to describe the weird fucking vibe of this character. He's, he's like so a Jerry weird. Lewis character, and I don't. I have. A, and I said this when we were watching yeah, it. Yeah. Respect where it's due to Jerry sure. Lewis. I don't get it. I, I'm I've seen a couple and I just don't I'm get it. I'm not overly familiar with him and what mm-hmm. I've seen, I'm in the same boat kind of where great I'm like King of Comedy. Yeah. Yes, but he is. He's just playing he's, you know, Letterman yeah. at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. 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 I, I never got Jerry Lewis and it's just like too big. Yes. And yeah. I think where this character doesn't work for me is when he's too big but i also think like he does work for me when he's fucking huge yeah 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 and giving him the ability to speak and uh i guess kind of grow over the course of these (laughs) not in any appreciable sense but you know grow in character over the course of four things makes him a little bit more enjoyable to me than than Uh, to uh, me jerry lewis bellhop yeah to me he's like my favorite thing about this movie is is tim roth's like super fucking weird performance well and it's just like i just don't it seems so crazy to me that this movie exists at all to like create this concept and decide on this character to be like everything about it is so weird i feel like they're trying to do a mashup right where they're like now that we all kind of understand based on two movies what a tarantino Thing yes, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're morphing what if genre. We do a Tarantino thing to some classic character, yeah. and then Tarantino was like, "Okay, we're gonna do the bell up." <laughs> and they're like, "Okay, whatever, genius yeah, boy," yeah. and they do the bell up, and, yeah. and it feels like that. And that is how it feels to me. This feels like mix, a Tarantino concept. Yeah, it feels like a Tarantino concept. Yeah, that uh, done on a '90s novelty budget. Yeah, right. It's, it's like that's the thing. It's a yeah, novelty film. It is. It never isn't. Right. Yeah, but it's. It's fun. I I really en- enjoyed kind of just the fun, weird. I don't know. It's there's, it's there's nothing like it. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. Really nothing. And like it's it. like yeah, it's not great, but I I did have such a fun time with the bellhop that I uh, and, and you know as we'll talk about it, a couple of the segments are legitimately like really fun and cool. Mm. 
But uh, yeah, I, I liked it. But th- that's good. So we got the premise out of the way because now we can yeah, talk yeah. about. So it's like, do you remember what the old guy said to him at the beginning? He well, yeah, I, I know he tells him not to use his dick. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the most important thing, which yeah. is very funny in hindsight in terms of the the, the taste level of, of some aspects of the movie. Yes, no, he's like being told like. He's almost being like passed the keys yes. by, by his idol as a bellhop. Yeah, he's kind of, and he does basically just say like he says something like, "Hey, don't flirt with any of your customers." Mm. Uh, and like, oh, they go into the idea like you ring the bell, you hop to it. You're yeah, the bellhop. yeah, yeah. Because there is an aspect of Ted that runs throughout the whole thing. He does have a level of pride in his job. Yes, yeah, that's important. Like. Yeah. He feels himself as functional, yeah, and likes that to some degree. It seems like he, yeah, fu- I think functional is the right word. It seems like he is pleased with the idea that this hotel runs because he does the job yes. well. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah he yeah. takes pride in his work. Yeah, but it almost just feels like he's this soul trapped in a hotel. Totally, that just he's part of it. He lives there. Yeah, Ted doesn't do anything when he leaves this hotel. No. He puffs away into a cloud of dust. I, yeah, it is interesting that the one time he makes outside contact, which is such a funny thing to say about this movie, it's to a person that clearly has like a life outside yeah, of this yeah, hotel yeah. and i get no impression that uh ted has a life outside of this no, hotel he's such because he's such a cartoon character he just like exists in this episode of his life which is a cartoon life he's Pee-wee. yeah it's he like it totally takes place in this life. hotel he's always in that costume he, yeah, you know yeah. what i mean oh yeah he's like he's like a character on doug yes he never wears anything but his bellhop costume. exactly yeah and he, and he has a theme just like all the characters it's mr dink's theme yeah or when roger would be like like you lose again funny so funny uh, yeah, funny. he probably said that a hundred times. Probably, I loved Doug. Doug I felt funny. so represented because he was a lefty. I don't remember that. Yep, he was a lefty. Yeah. yeah, he was a fucking dweeb though. And then he sold out to ABC. They gave him his sister Cleopatra dirt bike. What there, the fuck was that all about? There was a whole Doug. Daddy got a haircut. There was a Doug movie. There was a. Doug. Do you remember I didn't that? See the Doug movie, but and like a Rugrats a... movie, like that stuff was so popular. Rugrats with movies. in Paris, yeah, is good. Yeah, that's a very good movie. I remember seeing the first Rugrats movie in theaters yeah, yeah. with my grandmother. I think. <laughs> oh right on. Yeah, saw, I'm uh, sure she had no idea what was going on. Oh, Gone Fishing! I remember Gone my Fishing. My grandmother loves Gone Fishing. Oh, I bet my parents loved uh, the Grumpy Old Men movies, which <laughs> I considered Gone Fishing to be sort of a. You know, non-sequel to you know, much of the way that your that your grandmother took you to see. Uh, I almost said Muppets Rugrats. Uh-huh. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, my mom t- took my niece back in the day. Do you remember the 3D Zach Galifianakis uh, guinea pig spies movie? Oh yeah, I mean, it was like live action but animated guinea. Was pigs. that just called like G Force or something? Yes, like yes, G Force. It was yeah. called G Force. Yeah, and uh, my mom took my niece to to see that, and yeah. she was like confounded by the entire <laughs> thing. But I was looking at her, I was like, "How many times?" Did I ask you to take <laughs> me to see a movie? And you were like, ah, it's going to be dumb. Yeah. And you took her to see G-Force? <laughs> Fuck you, mom. I was like, torn. Like, you deserve G-Force, yeah, lady. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. That's crazy. But, uh, okay, so the yeah. first segment. No, this is fine. G-Force. This is, what, it's, yeah. this is what this movie is. Because I do, I mean, I think we're mostly here to talk about the Tarantino of it all. But yes, I would like is. to give these uh, directors their due. So, so Alison Anders, Anders segment. The missing ingredient. Yes, which is, so I when I first saw this, I like like you was like i don't know what this is like i just don't get this i was 15 i was like this part's for girls yeah it was weird and now i it's like very funny to me and i i think i can pretty much credit like a movie like the love witch with that where it's like oh i like 
the love also seeing a lot of like exploitation movies in recent years and stuff like that it's like now i see what's going on here this is like a technicolor witch exploitation movie yeah, yeah. but she's also doing this kind of funny thing where like each of the witches are like a different kind of stereotype of like a 90s white lady that gets yeah, into yeah. witchcraft there's do like you know the, what i mean like a, the craft witch yeah yeah there's this leather witch that is a uh, madonna. madonna's character yeah there's like the hippie witch that's lily yeah, taylor yeah. yep um, one has like a pinup vibe. She's yes. kind of the main one. That's yep. uh, Ioni Skies. Yep. Um, what's the other one? The other one, uh, like uh, this is gonna sound weird, but I would describe her as, as a tough cop. No, like no, literally, like a like a like a housewife that gets yeah, into yeah, like yeah. witchcraft. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I and I I I just love that idea that there are these like stereotypes of like women that get into to witchcraft, uh, especially because once they start doing their witchcraft, it's like really basic and like uh yeah i don't know it was just it was pretty funny to me i i it uh you know it felt maybe like it was a, being a little bit cheeky about the idea of witchcraft i think that it, it yeah it's being cheeky about yeah. it and it's just kind of using it as broad magic yes yeah, yeah. but like and i don't mean it as like magic for broads i mean like no, broad magic but because they even do you know there is it's funny that There's it's laser eyes. i was gonna say yeah. it's funny that it seems to be maybe a little bit being cheeky about it because then at one point when they get angry one of them literally breathes fire yeah like all of the fire. sudden they're proven to like actually be magic yeah that, that's actually the fun thing about it is that it, the first time you see it you're like okay they're into witchcraft yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and then the first full magic reveal is breathing fire <laughs> yeah. and that's that's the weird thing about this though the placement of this within the larger movie yes is is strange i don't know where to place it right because i think it gets a bad rub because it opens up and it's such a weird opening it's weird to, to be supernatural yes, right off yeah. the bat with a movie that ultimately is not yeah like it's heightened but it's, yeah it's not about magic right and so magic is is done as soon as this vignette yes. is over yeah but like it gives you a weird impression weird. of what this movie is. Yeah, yeah. Which is so fucking amorphous and hard to describe anyway. Really no I don't thing, know if it yeah. matters, but it, it, it is a weird we way to start a movie. At, in 15, at 15 with the baggage of, okay, we're watching a cool indie yes. movie like Tarantino, yeah. cool indie, cool yeah. indie. And... Yeah, you know it's it is that, but not in that flavor that we right. so expected. It's like now this was like very fun. I thought it was like a really funny part of this movie, and like is ultimately like it's a really like flash in the pan, pretty quick segment too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of like that that it's just like very quickly paced and like. And that's also if you were to put it later. Yeah, it's too short and yeah. it's too weird to do later. Like the opening is actually probably the best spot for it. It really is, and but there's no good spot for it despite it being good. Agreed, because it just it doesn't feel like the way to start this movie. Yeah, but I you know what you come to discover is the movie does kind of have a plot line for Tim Roth's character. There is yeah. like some growth for him over the movie and it makes sense to start here where like the quote unquote bad thing that happens to him is he gets to have sex with a beautiful lady. Yeah, so yeah. it's like his night starts bad because he's kind of coerced into that. But it's not oh, like he's hypnotized the worst by a magic thing. spell that that has animated hearts fluttering around yes, his cartoon yeah, head. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, like his night will get much worse than this. Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like it does feel well, like this, this I guess, is the way to start. That, where yeah. he's, you know, it's like a Pepe Le Pew kind of thing yeah. where now we see him and go, oh man, Pepe Le Pew's rapey. Now we see him yeah. and go, they literally put a spell on him and fucked him against yes. his will. Yeah. It seems bad by standards of consent, but by standards of 1960s bellhop comedy, it yeah. has that sort of playfulness. Uh, agreed, yeah. And it has that attitude about it where it's like, whatever, whatever had sex. He, Yeah, <laughs> he like stumbles backwards into sex. That's how they want you to think of this. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. not actually what we're presented with. And but later he does show how actually into it he yes. was, which yep. is 
the, weird that he grows do, that way because they he actually is sort imply of that both of them seem to fall in love with each other in that moment of having sex with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is kind of funny. Yeah, that is kind of funny. And the thing is, like, we can look at it by those standards. It is yeah. a, it, it, it doesn't matter. It is a lot of fun. Yes, and like because it presents that tone, it is very funny. But it is funny. That's the least worst thing that happens to him. Exactly. So it, like, is, it kind of makes sense that you would start here because it's going to yes, escalate yeah, yeah. from here. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's not in any abject like danger of physical harm right, at right. this point. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, yeah, I just I like that segment overall. I, I think it's fun. It is fun. It's yeah. nice, and it's it is like a, it's it's an appetizer before the rest. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But what's weird is I I I remember thinking the second one was kind of okay. Yeah. And this and the first one was the worst. I yeah. I will rank this first one over the second one. Agreed. I I, the, the second one is my least favorite. And it's not bad. It no. is a lot of fun and. I think the last time I watched it, I didn't even think of it in terms of them being kinky. Yeah, there. The, that's I think fun. That's the interesting reveal. I think is that. Uh, so the second segment is directed by. Hold on, I got this, and I, I am not familiar with this person, uh, Alexandra, or Alexand. I think it's, it's Alexandra it's Rockwell. Alexand. So then Alexander, Alexander, Alexandre. Alex. Yeah, Rockwell, um, who directed a bunch of stuff. Tom a Rock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I just am not familiar with. Um, he doesn't even have a picture. Yeah, Lens, Hero, Sons, In the Soup, Somebody to Love I may have heard of, um, Louis and Frank, 13 Moons. But yeah, so I'm not I'm not familiar uh, with their work. Um, so up until this, he did, I guess the last one before this was that Somebody to Love. I, mm-hmm. I know nothing of this guy. Yeah, no. In the Soup. Sons. Me neither, really. But probably so, in the pocket of of Miramax is like a guy that like yeah yeah we're gonna I, I bet him. one of those movies was like an indie that they uh, released that yeah, did yeah. well for them would mm-hmm. be my guess um, and I, I just this segment is like the interesting reveal is that the so the, the segment is the bellhop gets called to a room he goes to the wrong room because the room that tried to call him was a bunch of drunk people and said the wrong room number uh, and enters what turns out to be a believe a married couple sex play. Um, what it appears to be is a kidnapping. He walks into a room where a woman is tied to a chair and a man has a gun. And uh, he He immediately accuses Theodore of being the guy that she cheated on him with. Yes. Yep. And it's just, it's a, it's a weird, it's one of those things where because these are short, this is always the problem you run into with anthologies, right? If it's not, if it's not the right kind of fun, you don't spend enough time with the characters to care. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and this one just feels like I just I don't spend enough time with these people to really care about what this drama that's playing out among them. And, and I also it don't itself care is enough about Ted yet, right? To be that into his play. well, and Ted's such a fucking cartoon character yeah. that like, I'd be fair. The the guy in this yeah. is very cartoony. Oh, that's true. He's yes, very very big. Yeah. Uh, who do we say he was? He was it's, Chaz Palminteri and, uh, and Dan Hedaya. <laughs> Dan Hedaya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a perfect yeah. mix of them yeah. and their level of just scoffing and incredulity. Uh-huh. It's uh, yeah, he's cartoony, but it is, but then it becomes too much cartoony in in one room. Yeah, yeah. It yes. It just this. I don't know what it is, but the tone of this one doesn't feel right. Even though the movie o- overall has such, it's yeah, strange. There's no tone. Yeah, but you're right. It feels weird. Yeah, there and is one great moment in it though when he crawls out the bathroom window. Yes. Well, this this is the one. I don't know where this guy's from. Can we look up where he's from? Oh, the the actor that we're talking about. No, the um the filmmaker. Oh because yeah. This this 
is the only one that has like a foreign feel to it. Interesting. Um, or like like an, a non-specific foreign feel. Robert yeah. Rodriguez is obviously has a Hispanic from Boston, Massachusetts. Really? Yeah. Because it feels like Frenchy. Yeah. And when it does that set piece of him leaning out the window, where it turns sideways the way like you know like a Batman and Robin climbing up the kind of thing does. It looks like uh, his grandparents are French and may have been of some note in France. Uh, because they're referenced in his bio, uh, his grandfather was like a Russian-born animator, and then uh, his grandmother—oh, I guess was American, but they married in France. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Well, it had a European feel. Rocco went to Paris to train was... in film. Okay. That's ultimately where he landed. Was in Paris to train it in film. It feels very, and I don't, yeah. and it sounds very non-specific and uh, just bland the way I'm saying it. But I, yeah, it just felt European. To yeah, me. It sure. Felt that way. Yeah, and. That that's interesting because it does like when he goes out the window, yeah. it suddenly does feel like the bellboy. Yeah. Or a yeah. Bellhop. I don't know what the proper term <laughs> was the Jerry Lewis movie. I think yeah. it's the bellboy. And uh yeah, it starts to feel like that for a second, then he's vomited upon. But yeah. it's yeah, that's that's the one part where this like really feels heightened. And yeah. then the rest kind of feels it looks too much like a soap opera when yeah. everything else is so I don't want to say aggressively stylized, but very stylized. This I agree. Feels, yeah. and I, but that's the best moment in this segment is him going out the window like it's that. It's a fantastic moment. It just is like a really beautiful shot, and I like the performance of that part and stuff. But the rest of it, it's interesting that they reveal it to ultimately be like some kinky play between a yeah, couple. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's it's not that interesting to me. It it, it just it, it doesn't grab me the way the other ones do. I would agree. Yeah, I think it. I think it. It's what you said about the characters yeah i just because even like later when when her character yes. shows up in the final yeah. one the first time i saw it i was like wait who is that again i did too yeah, i it just, took me a minute to put it together oh, who she was her. even supposed to be and then the way that they speak and bond with one another you're like that doesn't feel yeah this is obviously a completely different movie yeah she's just the throwaway tie yeah yeah you know to yep. connect them because yep. they do a couple a little bit connections yep there is a background story of where this party was that he was originally supposed <laughs> to go yeah. in this one that's where the vomit that comes down upon him is uh-huh. from. Uh, they kind of like, you know, peek in every once in a while. Yes. They never get whatever they called Ted for. Right, yeah. Uh, I, I, and, I, yeah, I don't even think we need to talk that much more about that no. segment. It just is not that interesting to me. I'd be curious to see another one of the dude's films just to oh, yeah. see if it cracks something open. But Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, so then the Wait, next what is segment. that guy from, though? The, uh, the, the actor. Yeah, he's got to be somebody. Well, yeah, he's uh, Dan Hedaya and Chas Palminteri's uh, son. He's a Daz head of Hold on, we'll find this we'll quick find and it. it won't be Kathy boring. Griffin. No. Oh, it's David Provol. David Provol. And let's see what we may. Oh, I'm so excited that when I clicked him, he wasn't dead. Uh, I was very concerned that he would be dead. He's been in 110 different oh, things. Oh, Mean Streets, Shawshank, yeah. The Phantom with Billy Zane. <laughs> There's one thing in The Phantom with Billy Zane that fucks you up. It's like fucked up. Really? Yes, it's really fucked up. And it's funny because uh, my buddy Isaac, he's never been on the show, has he? My buddy Isaac, he, uh, we like bonded over this as teens yeah. when we talked about The Phantom. Like, that movie was stupid, but the thing. So I know it's fucked up. I feel up like I saw it, but I don't remember. Treat Williams plays the bad guy. Yeah. And he has a contraption in his evil lair that is a double-eyed microscope. Like, there's okay. two scopes. And it's a trap that when you focus it, knives come out of the eye oh. and stick you. And a guy gets it, but he's, like, looking through it. And as he focuses it, they show through the lenses. It comes into focus. It says, like, you're a liar or something. Whoa. Like, what? <laughs> his eyes are... T- 
fucked up. That's crazy. It's fucked up for a movie it's, that really sucks. You know it's what's funny though? Thing. The thing that fucked me up most about that wasn't the knives and the eyes. It was that there was, was the like so, no, there was like no, no, no. I mean that scenario you just described to me oh. was that like there's some like hidden message within the trap to yeah. like insult his person and just then so he murder him. What's yeah, happening yeah. right before it happens. That's way. Oh, that's fucked up. It's fucked up. Yeah, and that movie's like. Not not great. I'm not gonna say it sucks. It's uh-huh. Billy Zane's the Phantom. What are you gonna do? Billy Zane. What do you what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? Uh, I'll tell you what you want. You want Billy Zane as your fucking Phantom in full purple spandex. Do me a favor and try and re-angle the painting that's behind uh, you so that it doesn't fall when you get up later. That is a very cool painting. Yeah, yeah. It's a lizard with boobs. Is this something that Tori made? You're good. No, she didn't make it. I think she commissioned it, maybe. Nice. It's super uh, cool. It's really cool. Yeah. I can't wait to huh, hang it in my house. I'm it's all right. We'll just make sure it doesn't fall any uh, worsely, because those are words. I just, I'm so afraid I'm going to move, and it's going to ruin everything. Huh. I think okay. you're good. I'm, I'm just not going to think about it. There, there you go. You got it. Okay. You good. You good. Uh, the oils in my fingers ruin it. <laughs> no, it's fine. But so the next segment is probably actually my favorite segment. I think it is, yeah. yeah. The Misbehaviors. The Misbehaviors. Written, Written and directed, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Who I love. I really do. Machete. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I really like Mariachi. I actually quite like to lead a battle angel this year. I like yeah, Robert Rodriguez I like to lead a battle a angel a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, that's a cool movie that's got its problems, but it's like, it's like so fucking good. Yeah, I really yeah. liked that movie. I like uh, that a lot. And this is uh, starring Antonio Banderas as a pretty like high comedic performance, mm. and it really makes me wish we could see more performances like this from him. He's so good in this. If anyone remembers on SNL, there used to be a sketch called the Antonio Banderas How You Say Ah uh, Yes show <laughs> that Chris Kattan played him. It was like very very ridiculous. Might even be racist. It's like, yeah. but I want to see Antonio Banderas step in and do that bit. Yeah. I think he could. I think he would. Yeah. And the character that he plays in this is very much that Antonio Banderas. Yeah. That heightened just the the Latin lover. <laughs> My hair slicked back, and yeah. I'm you know just very wrapped. Just up the in way himself. he like smokes a cigarette and yeah. this and stuff. So the premise of this one snaps. is yeah. Uh, this seemingly kind of high society couple is going out for the evening. They're meant to bring their children with them, but they decide they'd like to have fun this evening, so they're going to leave their children behind in the hotel room, and they're going to bribe the bellhop to take care of them and watch after them mm. while they go enjoy their evening. Interesting development for Ted as well, because now that he has dealt with a situation where he has been assaulted, yep. a situation where he has been uh, brought into a sex game that was believed to be a <laughs> crazy hostage situation. And once more assaulted. Yeah, one, and once more <laughs> assaulted. Uh, now he is, uh, he's got a little bit of a swagger to him. Yes. And he is able to negotiate a yes. pretty hefty price for doing this favor for yeah. the misbehaviors. And this is where it becomes, and that, that's kind of what I like about Ted's part of this segment is it is a more confident Ted who's mm-hmm. talking back and deciding to take the bribe and make he's a little extra children. off of it. Yeah. I mean, he's literally <laughs> slapping kids across the face. Uh, but like I like the idea that um, those first two segments, despite feeling a little out of place, and you're like, "What are we doing? What is this?" They do kind of give you a re- like Ted grows. He you know yeah, after yeah. these two experiences, he's a little more like, "All right, I'm going to be a little more forceful and, and have I think a little this more." Is the first segment where that tone sort of takes, where you go, "I get what they're doing with yeah. this movie." Now I'm along for the ride. Yes, that's a very big hurdle for a yes. project like this, and the first two don't clear it. Yeah, despite being of value. Yeah, exactly. Like, here's where it really. Yeah. You go, okay, I'm on board. Because this is like, without a doubt, like everything's arch in this. Everyone is, yeah. is going huge. Yeah. It's but, full slap. But the first two are like the opening bands to yes. the closers, you yeah, know, yeah, who yeah. like just have these 
these very smooth sailing, like well produced. We're slick. at Sugar Ray. Yeah, yeah, we came yeah. To Smash Mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we had to sit through Vertical Horizon. Right. And you know the Gin Blossom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a real lineup. I I know I know you just described <laughs> the like summer lineup that Some was here like five years ago or whatever. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Smash. Uh, I was called him Smash Star. Uh, <laughs> Sma- all mouth. Uh-huh. <laughs> all mouth was awesome. Smash Star. Smash Star. All mouth was yeah. was like really fucking good uh-huh. in a non-ironic sense. Uh-huh. So I'm sure that sentence has been said on this goddamn show a hundred times. <laughs> Uh, I think I saw Smash Mouth in concert when I was a kid. I you think. probably fucking loved them, too. Think, oh, yeah, yeah. They were good. Oh, I, I'm not saying that they are good. I'm saying that they were good at the show. I liked the Astro Diner, whatever the it was Astro called. Lounge? Yeah, that's what yeah, it was called. Wow, I know a lot about Smash <laughs> Mouth today. I couldn't believe I pulled the Astro part. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten Astro Lounge without Astro. Without Astro. I would have been like, Lounge Star? <laughs> All Mouth? <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, the one by Smash Mouth. Yes. <laughs> it's called Shrek 3. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, no, oh, wait a minute. Connection. Huh? Yes. Because Puss, Puss in Boots, Boots <laughs> is Antonio Banderas. Uh-huh. And Puss in Boots, the movie, is fucking great. I heard it's great. It's very funny. I think that's. Of him. Is that a. What's his name movie? That's a uh, Brian Lynch, maybe? Did he write that? That feels right. Yeah, feels right. Makes sense. Yeah, it that might now. be him. Thanks, yeah. Brian. Thanks, Brad, Brad. He's funny. He's funny. Um, Yeah, but I just. I, this segment is like. This is the right tone. This is the thing that fucking like I love Antonio Banderas in this, but then you know he leaves and you just are left with the kids mm. who are both very funny and do like some pretty funny like physical comedy They're gags. To being a big sister and little brother, yep. I grew up in that dynamic, and this feels very accurate to the way yeah. that we would clash. Yeah, it's, Robert Rodriguez clearly had kids at this point. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, they're like so fun, and just the uh, you know I've always kind of liked the sitcom premise of like. Uh, a sort of uh, Rube Goldberg things going wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. to then end on the final shot of someone seeing the tableau of everything yeah, that's yeah, gone that wrong makes sense at to once. Because you, you saw they got right, there. yeah, yeah. But although, well, we'll get to it. Into, well, you know, say Antonio yeah. Banderas' reaction to yeah. that is yeah. great. It's so good. He doesn't actually give a shit about no, what's no, going no. on. Did they misbehave? Did they misbehave? Yeah. It's just about like, were my kids good? Yes. I, I used to babysit these these two kids, and like we used to always joke that their dad was a mobster. Okay, he yeah, wasn't yeah. a mobster, but he was like a very firm, very much that guy. <laughs> and I would babysit them. They were great, good kids, and all that yeah. stuff. And he would drive me home, and I remember he was just like, "So how were the kids?" And I was like, "They were great." He was, yeah. "Did they act like fucking idiots?" It's <laughs> like. No, they were, like, really good. Like, it was one of the easiest things. We played video games, yeah. ate pizza, and he's like, because I hate it when they act like fucking idiots. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, they were, like, literally the easiest night of babysitting ever. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> they like you. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's funny. It was that, he has sort of that yes, kind of thing. Of absolutely. Just like, These kids are representative of me. Yeah. Don't misbehave. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> this guy's a real piece of shit, for sure. You <laughs> he know? hates his wife. Yep. He's so abusive to her. Yep. Uh but she's also like a drunk. Yep. Uh, so uh, they just have like this fucked up dynamic. Yeah. But these kids, they gotta behave. They gotta behave. Yeah. And they they are bad kids. They don't behave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're but like they, it's oh man, I love the way in which they misbehave too because it's it's that perfect thing of like because their dad is who he is. They they are paying more attention to him than he thinks they are, yes. yeah. oh and they're God. gonna use all of that information. Watching kids grow up, yep. that's the scariest thing. Yep. Just having little kids in your life it's like god damn it they yeah. took that from me and that's bad yep it's, why did i upload that program it's such a great perfect like encapsulation of that yeah. and it makes them like so funny they're his just like very conniving smoking cigarettes yep. he really wants to do it because yep. his dad's his dad smoking. smokes yep uh 
<laughs> TNA on the on the yep, TV, yep, yep. which he calls TNA. Yeah. Ooh, TNA. Ooh, check it out, sis. Yeah. TNA. Which is a Selma Hayek cameo. Yes, yes. Yeah. Selma Hayek plays TNA. <laughs> yep. We'll call her Tina. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> she plays Tina. No, I think she's just woman on TV. I, I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dancing girl on TV or something like There's that. There's so much good comedy in the way that he relates to the son in, like, he, uh, like there's a great line this credit to the writing of uh robert rodriguez yeah. he's trying to comb the son's hair yeah. to be like him and he's whoo, slicking back his hair he looks like you know spice bay on a <laughs> he's doing like that kind of stuff yeah. like very demonstrative yeah. and then he just gets frustrated you have your mother's hair yeah yeah and he yeah, like yeah. blames the mother for yeah. giving his son hair that doesn't slick back quite so much yeah. as his and it's this tiny little thing that's so funny and it really makes them feel like a real family yes. albeit one with its issues yeah. And it's uh, typical of Rodriguez. It's like, this is probably my favorite looking segment of the movie, too. Yeah. It's like really crisply shot and edited. It's, it's like, bright. It's got like yeah. a warmth to it, yeah. which is real fire. It just has that, like, because of what it is, where it's like, it's a lot of Antonio Banderas kind of shooting looks at his kids and the kids kind of shooting looks back at the bellhop and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just got a lot of these really like snappy editing choices that like really work. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of fun. I like this segment a lot. There's when he gets into the elevator. When yes. Because well, there's a port, a portion where he sees that uh, that Antonio Banderas and his wife are coming home. He's yes. carrying her home in his arms. Uh -huh. She's blackout drunk and he's obviously frustrated. And uh, so it's like a race to the top to, to get to the room and settle everything to make sure everything's yeah. okay and tim roth does a leaping dive uh -huh. into the elevator that does one of those like scary i think it's scary movie three when the guy jumps out of the you know the funny dude always does oh, that yes. stunt fall yeah, and yeah. he appears in yeah. the front frame yeah. they do one of those but it's like hyper cut into him landing in the elevator making the strangest yes. face which his performance is filled with some of the most it's animated so playing to the back row faces yeah and this is one of them but it is it fits the energy of it where yes. before you realize that the physics don't line up, yeah. there are three more gags deep yes. visually in terms of the editing. It's, it's fucking fantastic. It's really good. And I think it does a great job of getting up to... Like, this is a movie, I don't want to say it has class to it, but no, it yeah. has sort of an artfulness to it. Uh, you know, just like... You know, the women in the first one, they're positioned like a painting of nudes. Yes. Yeah. You know, in the second one, there is the, you know, the window sequence yep. that looks artful. In this one, it's just, you know, really quick moving along, quick moving along. But we eventually have to get to a nasty, dead hooker yes. in a bed. Yes. And it's like real heightened, real B, real Robert Rodriguez doing Grindhouse yeah. stuff. To get there, tonally, is not easy. Yeah. And it has to be shocking. But this does a good job of getting it to like, oh, this can get dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which I think is an important springboard for the tension at least in the first half of the last portion yeah agreed and it, we we it, it's worth it to bring this up now i think just connected to that which is like the thing i kept saying throughout this uh, that i think is maybe partially why we're not like totally on board with this movie is just this has that 90s vibe all over it of mm -hmm. like rubbing their hands together like yeah this movie's gonna be fucked up yeah you yeah, know yeah. like the uh, remember in pulp fiction when we had when we had a uh, you know when tarantino was like saying the n-word and all that yeah yeah that was like shocking yeah how about we have a dead hooker in a bed? Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. Kind of and then he's going to slap a kid in the face. Yeah, and, and then he vomits get... when he sees the dead hooker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is very weird because he's like scream chewing. Yeah. Like, there was just like, there was an edge there that was yeah. like, we're going to do these things. And yeah. like, it was an edge that was awesome back in the day because like, it was part of the like, we're going to really push some shit. Yeah. 
And and it's funny too because I think like the current I don't want to say backlash against Tarantino he's yeah, doing just yeah, fine yeah um, in terms of just like there's a there's a deeper conversation about Tarantino that yeah. is in some ways fair in some ways I believe not but I think it is partially a reaction to he is responsible for introducing that sort of edge yeah and that edge has spun into a lot of good and a lot of weird things there's like a transgressive nature about his yes, stuff yeah, yeah. and and I think the reason this one doesn't work quite as well is because. It feels more like the the sort of um, it's more crass. Y- yeah, exactly. It, it it this feels like the the I don't know the edgy kid in eyeliner being yeah, you know yeah. being like I'm edgy like look how edgy I am you know what I mean it's like it's a kid yeah 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 mm, yeah it doesn't yeah. It, the 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 choices don't feel as natural to the but stories the witch gotta get cum yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like exactly kind of yeah. it doesn't necessarily feel like natural to the stories as much yeah, as it yeah. feels like. Yeah, and then we'll do this because that's fucked up. Well, if we're heightening the bellboy, yeah. we're really gonna try and put right. some stuff in there. And yeah. like you know, you can, there's other ways to heighten it that I think would work better. Yeah. But in terms of keeping these four very disparate scenes together, yeah. that's kind of the one thing that's that's yes. connecting them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the bellboy, but for the nineties, man. Yeah, it's the nineties, man. Yeah. The Reagan eighties are over. Yes. Guess whose time it is? <laughs> Pearl Jam. But uh that brings Even us to the uh, <laughs> That brings us to the Tarantino segment, Tarantino which is perfect. Man this from is Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. This, this is, is what we're here for. Tarantino is such a weird personality. Yes. Uh, one of my buddies, Sean. Hi, Sean. I know you're sometimes listener. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. We had a bet back in the day. Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't want to watch Tarantino movies because I don't like him. And I am afraid that if I, and he literally said this, yeah. and I've always respected this argument because yeah. he was honest about it. He goes, I'm afraid that if I watch it, I will like it. And I'm not really interested in liking anything that he made. Interesting, yeah. I was like, all right, that's, I don't agree, but that's coldly logical. I Uh have it. And then he was a very big Jersey Shore fan. Yeah. And he always said, oh, you know, it's funny. It's it's not, they're stupid and I hate them, but it's funny. Uh I was like, yeah, but the joke is that they're stupid. Like, how many seasons you got to watch? Yeah. And he was like, watch one episode of Jersey Shore and I'll watch Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. I was like, perfect. Uh He said, if you even want to downgrade a Reservoir Dogs, you can do that. It's like 85 minutes. Yeah. He never kept up the end of his bargain. <laughs> he never, ever watched it. I watched a goddamn episode of Jersey Shore, <laughs> and I lost skills in my brain because of uh-huh. that. Like I, the sentence that I would have used to describe that I didn't have, so I said <laughs> skills in my brain. It was burned out of my cortex uh-huh. by, by Snooki's Snook, 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 True Blood. Snooki. Snooki, yes. And all the dumb idiots. And whatever. It's funny. Haha. Some lady got hit, which is weird. It was, it was a whole <laughs> fucking thing, yeah. and he never watched it, but... The point of the story is Tarantino is an abrasive personality, yes. like him or not. Yeah. And with in 1995, I imagine that there was a just burgeoning, like an early version of what we're seeing now, yeah. where everyone's like, "Ah, cat's out of the bag, bro." Yeah. 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 Um, the initial—I don't want to say backlash, but like. He seems very aware of the fact that people probably think he's just like a weird nerd dick. <laughs> and so he's really, really leaning into it here. Yeah. Um, and well, I appreciate that, even if it like is very weird to look at in hindsight. It's that Especially weird. Especially now, because I'm probably older than he was. Totally. <laughs> well, and it, it's that weird thing of like, on one hand, I do distinctly get the impression he is acting out something he may have seen. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. feels, but because he's such a, a strange guy and a big personality you also a little bit 
get the impression that you're like, is he like accidentally being too honest about himself or something? Do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It's like if at the same time though, I bet Tarantino was one day just sitting there watching TV and the man from Rio came on. Yeah. He was like, I love this episode. Yeah. I wonder what would happen if me and my Hollywood buddies like yeah. got drunk and then actually did this. Right. I could write that. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Has, yeah. Like, that sort of feel. It's the thing that I think is like most so the segment is really interesting because like the way it's shot is feels unlike a lot of other Tarantino it's like stuff. Three or four really long takes. Yes. So like eight minute takes. Yeah. Yeah. And and one of them is Tarantino kind of just going down the barrel of the camera looking right at you the audience member mm. delivering like a monologue about but, Jerry Lewis. Yes, but the thing that was so weird about that to me was it was really funny to I assume this, you know, Tarantino has acted in quite a few different mm. movies and stuff and this would be early He's the in the opposite his... of the actor that wants to be a director. He's yes. a director that like just Got in it to act. Yeah. yeah. And this very much feels like an actor that doesn't know how to act yet. Because mm -hmm. there's a weird thing where, you know, you're not supposed to look at the camera when you're acting. Yeah, yeah. But he is supposed to be looking at the camera while because he's acting. This is the one time the camera goes into Ted's POV. Because we're supposed to be Ted in this. It's Ted's POV. And he's and you can tell that because occasionally Tarantino looks directly at the camera while yeah, he's yeah, acting yeah. in the scene. But sometimes he looks away from it. And it's in this way where it looks like... He's battling with himself about like whether he's meant to look at the yeah, like he yeah. doesn't actually know whether he's supposed to look at the camera or not. He like he's like trying to be an actor and not, he's but then remembering boy. that the scene he's decided to shoot, he is, you know. He's like Pee Wee at the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> yeah. The uh paging Mr. Herman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tarantino ranting and raving about old yeah. Hollywood shit. Yeah. It it's is funny, it's really funny and weird. He's got that gr my one of my favorite I, like I don't love this movie, but this has yeah. one of my favorite lines in all of movies when he has him try the champagne. Yes. No, it's actually Cristal. Yeah. You call it Cristal, Cristal, Cristal. Yeah. How is it? It's good. It's fucking good. How is it, Ted? It's fucking good. It's fucking good. It's fucking Cristal. Everything else is piss. <laughs> yeah. so Everything good. else is piss is very funny. <laughs> Everything else is piss. Yeah. And I've n I don't know if I've ever had Cristal. Probably not. Probably not. Champagne, champagne. I can tell not. you I don't usually like champagne, so I've probably yeah. not had Cristal based on his it's argument. Good for the toast, but I'm not trying to get a drunk. On yeah, it. exactly. Um, yeah, that whole sequence is like pretty funny, and it's honestly I remember when I watched it. Tarantino does have a gift for comedy. He's really funny I in think it. I it think shows in his movies he's good with dialogue yeah. and timing, and as we know, comedy is almost never about material yeah. and almost always about timing and hopefully yeah. have good material yeah, yeah, to yeah. help it. Yeah. And he's very good with timing and the timing of dialogue, even when he's just ranting and raving. And he, he just is like, I remember when I first saw this, I, I was a little bit annoyed with him in the scene. I remember thinking like, yeah, he's, this is like a weird self-congratulatory thing that he's starring in this scene. But watching it this time, I'm just like, no, I kind of like this. He's like yeah. really funny and weird in this he scene. self-aware. Yeah, I, I agree. To parallel it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and don't worry, I will not spoil no, it. No, you're I don't good, you're good. I don't spoil anything. Yeah. Um, it is, it, what I'm impressed about that movie is how self-reflective it is yeah. in a multitude of ways. Yeah. You know, both as just like a person in the industry, as a fan of the industry, and as a witness to multiple sea changes over the course of the the life of the industry, which yeah. is like one of the few industries that really like, I think that's the struggle we have now uh, with Disney acquiring everything like that is like there's a life that seems precious to it. Yeah. And he seems to love that preciousness of it. But it's very, very self-aware, and it feels new. But then watching this, this self-awareness seems to be already in place. But I guess it makes sense for a filmmaker whose design is that he is derivative and then refines it. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's and it, it's very clear that he has um, 
this is a lifelong obsession and love with a pretty specific era of Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this very much makes that clear because... The idea of culture of Hollywood yes. is, is his obsession, it yes. seems. Yeah. And, th- and that's, I mean, it's not that this segment is about anything in particular, but you could argue that's one of the things this segment is about because it's, you're, 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 you, you feel like you're watching one of those quote-unquote Hollywood stories. Yes. Like, yeah. you're, 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 instead of hearing from an actor talk about like the crazy parties that some director he worked with have or whatever. You're watching one play out, mm. you know, um, which is kind of interesting that he's kind of, uh, he's so obsessed with this era of Hollywood that he's like, yeah, if I were going to, even in this movie, he's like, I'm going to depict some sort of Hollywood story. That's the kind of Hollywood story. This kind of like behind closed doors, what the people of power do and how they communicate with mm-hmm. each other. Cause like the whole thing he's doing is like, he's got this guy, Bruce Willis plays this guy that like works for him that all he really does producer. is call out to him for money stuff where he's yeah, just yeah. like, I'm going to prove the worth of my story to you by getting my money guy to recall the money number. That is the worth of my story. Yeah, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Where it's like, he definitely knows that information himself, but he's part of what he's doing is flaunting how much money he's and power a, he has oh, by making another guy. Player. Deliver that information. Yeah, Do yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Do you know Hank Scorpio on the? No, Simpsons? no. Uh, it's just Homer gets a job working for a character of, uh, named Hank Scorpio. Okay, and it's like the perfect job. And there's a community based around this job. He's voiced by Albert Brooks. Oh, but great! It, like slowly gets revealed that he's like a Bond villain, <laughs> and Hank Scorpio is that guy. But that's how Hank Scorpio is at first. It's just like, oh, you know, you want my shoes? You can have my shoes. Get me another pair of shoes, guy. Like yeah, that kind yeah, of guy. yeah. And that's very much what he's doing. He's he's showing his power in a, we'll call it benevolent, a yeah. benevolent way at least to to Ted. Yes. Yeah. And we've all been to a party that you're like, this is a little out of out of hand, but I can survive. And then very shortly after, you're like, all right, we should go. This yeah. Is bad. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those parties. Well, and I like that the arc of Ted over the course of this movie is ultimately that by the time he gets to this story. I get the impression by the end of it when he says, oh, I have to go. When he first gets up and says, like, I, I can't take this. This is too much. I have to go. And then Tarantino entices him with that $100 bill mm. for the minute that ultimately comes $1,000. By the time you get to the end of the sequence, I distinctly get the impression that Ted 1,000% has already figured out who this guy is mm. and that this guy will give him $1,000 eventually if he says no enough times. Oh, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's like yeah. he's playing the odds at this well, point. At like he's figured this out. That's one of the speeches that the the guy gives him like his mentor yeah. bellhop. Yeah. Uh, shows him how to put his hand out right. and ask yes. for a tip. Yeah. And he's kind of like, you know, whatever about it. Yeah. So yeah, it would absolutely make sense that yeah. at this point he's like I can fucking I'm going to play the odds here. Out. I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. This makes sense. Yeah. I can do this. Which I kind of like that that they yeah. these, you know, cuz it's like one of the problems often with uh, uh, um anthology movies is that they try and have like an overarching story that doesn't quite work the or wraparound rarely or works. they don't yeah. have one at all and you're left trying to figure out like okay then what do these have to do with each other like why are they collected this way you know what i mean yeah, did i just watch a show right yeah. this feels even though the movie itself i don't think is quite as good as some other anthology movies i've seen that at least feels a little cohesive to me mm-hmm. in this movie. Like what it the wraparound sense. is and how it works and how there's an arc within the wraparound. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like that about it. Yeah. Because he, he's not an archetypal character the way that the bellhop or the bellboy is. Right. Like the bellboy is one way. He's like a Mr. Bean. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You can just implant him into any situation. You know what he's going to yeah, do. Yeah. Um, he's a brawl. He's yeah. a peewee. Yeah, he's yeah, just, yeah. he's an earnest. You yeah. Know, just, he's going to go in there. He's going to fuck shit up in the yep. way that he knows how. Not this bellboy. 
this bellboy was that. That's where he began. And by the end, he's someone who realizes that there's a way that I can actually be very good at my job. Right. And take pride in the job. So that satisfies the needs of the bellboy, which is he's just doing anything to get his job right. Yes. Um, even like a thing like Modern Times. He's just a guy who needs to do his job correctly. Right. Yeah. Uh, Lucille. Lu- I love Lucy on the uh, the cookie machine. When she's eating yep, everything. Yep. She's just trying to do her job right. And uh, it satisfies that, but he does have the growth now that it's like, I can actually go bigger than this job. Right. I can bring home $1,500 if I put up with enough shit in yes. the right way. Yeah. You know? Desperate people will pay me. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I quite like this segment. It's it's just a very, like, it's an interesting thing to think about in this, you know, because Tarantino himself is so vocal about, like, I'm only going to make 10 movies. There's So there's, like, the Tarantino... I don't know, platter or whatever of like, mm. these are the things that Tarantino has done. And this is like this weird meal within that, this weird dessert or so. And you know what I mean? It's like this mm. weird sort of, there's this one-off kind of thing among that, that feels of a, it is within all it's of a that. Movie but for yeah. Sure. It, What's weird is it's like, it's almost like, I remember in, uh, when I got the VHS tape of Pulp Fiction, there was like the special features afterwards. And there was a deleted scene where in Pulp Fiction when Mia Wallace uh, comes downstairs to greet Vincent Vega for the first time. Yes. There's a scene where it's shot from, she's it's from the point of view of her camera. She's mm-hmm. got a handheld camera. And she's interviewing him. Hey, big boy, what's going right, on? Yeah, blah, yeah. blah, And Tarantino said something that was very Tarantino-y in the commentary for it. But it, it made sense. He was like, I was watching that and I was thinking, that looks like somebody trying to make a movie like me doesn't look like a movie being made like me so we ultimately didn't go with it yeah it's like that's very interesting that he already had enough of an ego at his second film yeah. to be oh it seems egotistical but like that's actually pretty accurate yeah yeah it's a yeah very very accurate thing but this movie does feel like tarantino trying to do a tarantino yes. movie yeah. for a project yeah yeah so it's like it it has that feel. It's too. a little yeah, and I I think that that kind of describes this movie overall. Is it's like a little trying, you know. Yeah. It's like trying a little bit, and it's ambitious. You and can it's feel trying. that. It's just yeah, not quite there. Yeah, but you do feel the limitations of like these people are good enough to pump out a film. We oh, can yeah. tie it together yep. however we want to do it, and yeah. we got to get it out because we got to strike while the iron's yeah. hot. This kid is cooking, and he's it's, cooking pictures. It's one of those like movies that I, I love discovering stuff like this, where it's like it's a very worthwhile movie. It's mm-hmm. not the best thing I've ever seen. I think it's got problems, but I just it I'm glad it exists. You know, how good Tim Roth yeah. is. Oh, he's, he's really so fantastic good. in this movie. I wanted to point that out. Yeah. So in this last one, they're aping a Peter Lorre episode of the Alfred Hitchcock yeah. Presents, I believe it is. I think so. Called the Man from Was It Rio, Rio. or Reno? Rio. 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 I thought I, it was I've Rio. never seen it yeah. myself. And where a guy bets that he can light his lucky lighter ten times in a row. If it ignites ten times in a row, he gets the Mark's car. But yep. if he doesn't, he gets his pinky cut off. Yep. <laughs> and um, they hire Ted the bellhop to simply be the executioner. Yes. And the pitch that they give to him is one of, it is very important that justice be served, that yeah. the terms yes. of the bet are served, the terms of the social agreement are served, and we each have a reason why we might back off from our, you know, our willingness to cut this guy's pinky off. Yeah. So you have no investment in this short of just functionality, which yes. is Ted's superpower, as we find out. Yes. Uh, can you do it? Yeah. What they are pitching to Tim Roth is probably my favorite monologue from The Hateful Eight much yeah. later, where he gives a monologue as to why his job as the hangman 
is the most important. Yes. And it was because when it comes to executions, the executioner must be dispassionate. Yes. Because justice without dispassion is always in danger of not being justice. Yeah. Yep. And it's just crazy to it's hear funny him explain he, what yes. was ulti- was pitched to him here. It's the that same is, deal. It's funny that Tarantino ha, uh, has certainly thought about that before because yes. I does he even use the word dispassion in this movie? There was some there was some cue that we were both like, like, oh yeah, that's like exactly it's it. it. That's yeah. yeah. I think it's more he probably loves that Alfred Hitchcock episode. Sure, yes. And in watching it, has just thought about story uh, yes. to death. That's yep. what he seemed. He seemed yeah. to be a savant about that. Yeah, yeah. He definitely like absorbs certain things and just kind of mm-hmm. returns it out it. in a, an interesting way. Yeah. Um, Love him or hate him, there's no denying the fact that he has a very strong control of his craft. Oh yeah. If it is so, if it ultimately becomes something that you like or dislike, or even dislike the craft of it. Uh, the technique is at least impeccable yeah. 100% of the time. Um, you know, and then it's just a matter of taste beyond that. Yeah. Um, do you want to do like a quick, like, fave Tarantino conversation before we yeah. wrap up? And I want to say in closing for Four Rooms, yeah. I definitely recommend checking it out. Oh, yeah. It's wild. It, it I, I might think lead down a rabbit hole of discovering some other stuff. It's, yeah. It's I, stuff. I, I think to me, it is worth watching for the misbehaviors. Yeah. I think the misbehaviors is such a strong, funny, interesting segment, and uh, people should see it. I think it's very funny. Mm, it is very good. It's like yeah. very high slapstick, and it yeah. just rules. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. And I think like it probably merits saying the fact that. Fifty percent of these directors became huge, yeah. and many of the male stars became huge. Yes, yeah. All of the women that are there were notable names that you haven't seen in ages. Yeah. Ioni Sky would say anything. Yeah. Um, the one woman I forget her name it would be awful, but she was in Hot Shots Part Two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Madonna's still still kicking. Madonna, but, she's, but uh, you know, well, she's. she's a, from another planet. Yeah, she's and even even Lily Taylor, I love her. Oh, and she's in like the Conjuring. I know stuff, it's like I don't see her a, show up and stuff enough. You yeah, know? she's like, not a Bruce Willis. Yeah. She's not a Quentin yeah. Tarantino. Yep. And it's just, you know, it's telling that fifty percent of these directors are yeah. superstars. Fifty percent we don't even know their names, and twenty five percent is a lady. Yeah, and so you know, it's worth noting that as a historical item, there are trends that are set up here of actresses aging out. And directors not getting a chance as you know as someone else might. Yeah, I agree. Pretty it, cool. Yeah, it's to, to think about it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and to hope that we're you know moving towards a little more diversity and parity and that kind of stuff. You Progress know? is slow, but it's yeah. happening. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah. It we'll is. It's good. Be all right. Uh, so I all right, let's do this because I'm curious. With so you've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood one time so far, right? Yes. Um, I imagine you'll probably see it again. I'm gonna probably try, and I will say this: if you can see it on film, it's at the. Roxy I would like on to. Film. I might go to the Roxy. Go to the to see Roxy it. for yeah. it. Uh, Matt Singer had a great review of the film, and yeah. he mentioned that there is in the middle of the movie there's a, a title card. Yep. And when it cut to black, he could hear the flickering. Yeah. Of that. And I had the same experience, and it is. You don't even realize it's happening, but it's like like you're never gonna hear a dial tone yeah. again in your life yep. unless you look for it because that's gone. It's dude, that it's one of my favorite things projector. about exhumed events. Exactly. I like that noise. I like seeing the cigarette burns on the mm-hmm. film reels. Like, there's a few cigarette burns in this film reel that I don't know if they're if you can't actually, if they're, they're actually there or, there or not. Yet. Yeah, but either way, it was like definitely on film. Yeah, and yeah. and the Roxy problems that they have. They never fuck up projection, yeah. and projection and sound there is always great. Yep. So I would definitely recommend going there. If I yeah. see it again, I'm going to go there. I do want to see it there, because I it's, would like to see it on film. 
good. So I love it so much. I mean, I, I can lay mine out pretty quick, but I'm I'm mostly curious about yours since you have a new Tarantino to yeah, include yeah, somewhere in your. I don't want to make any declarations yes. in saying that this is the best Tarantino because I've only seen it once. It's admittedly been a while since I've seen many of the other yes. ones. Um, it certainly has potential in my mind to be declared the best. It's it's really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. But part of the reason, once again, that it's so good is that it it definitely really is something that is of a piece with the rest of his work and entirely new in ways that, depending on how you read it, are either exciting or banal. Yeah. And it's a totally valid read. And But all of the things that all the negative reviews write about it that they hate are things that I like love about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Lucky me, yeah. but it's like, it's real fucking good. Yeah. It's real good. So, uh, best aside, like, favorite, and I know that also has to do with I mean, a lot of different best things. Best is right now, for me, undoubtedly inglorious best. Okay, yeah, that's me too. I'm right this there. I think that's his best. Be there, but that's, yeah. like, his best. I think it has a really strong thesis statement about the power of film. Yes, In a metaphorical Agreed. and literal sense. Yep. It's so much fun, too. Yeah. Like, it's really him scratching every itch he's needed to scratch as a filmmaker. And it feels so perfectly controlled yeah you know what i mean he's an indulgent filmmaker in general it's one of the things i like about him yeah. to some extent you know that feels so perfectly controlled every one of those scenes is exactly as long as it needs to be packs exactly the right power you know what i'm saying it's mm -hmm. like it's one of those movies that when it's on you go i'll watch this scene and then i'll finish it i, I won't finish it and then the next scene you go oh it's that scene okay yep. i'll watch this yep. and every scene is in oh it's that scene it's a movie that in in my memory and i know this is not entirely true but it's i i, I think you'll agree with me this is mostly true it's a movie that is literally made up of five scenes yeah there are five scenes each segment is just a scene mm -hmm. i know that's not 100 percent accurate yeah, but it's, it's five but yeah Every that's it. That's what that movie it's is. Just pieces. five very good scenes. I you know, think that's where. I mean, I guess it started to happen with Django and Hateful Eight. That's where Once Upon a Time in I keep wanting to call it Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I almost said that crazy. earlier because I think because we're talking about um, um Robert Rodriguez, Rodriguez yeah. so much. Yeah, but I've just I've out of all the Once Upon a Times in right, I, it's like for some reason that's the one, that's the one that yeah. I've never seen in the West or in America. Me neither. Me neither. And I should. Yeah. And actually, I would really like to now because I know that's what he's yeah working absolutely with for this. yeah, but uh. This has like almost none of like on screen flair. Okay. Um, there's there's one on screen flair that's like so minimalist, almost purposefully minimalist yeah. in a in a commentary sense. Yeah. There's like that the last big one was Hugo Stiglitz. Yeah. You know, yeah. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even that almost feels out of place in Inglorious Bastards. It, it, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, I do like it. it I do now. Ultimately, but I remember when first I first time, saw it, I was like, why? I was like, oh, we're getting this movie now. And then, and it, then it never became that, that movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Agreed. So I had the same experience with it. This has one tiny one where just like. Boop, 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 couple names pop up, gone. Okay. And it's like, you know, as we watch him get refined, it's fun that he still can't resist but to plant something on the yeah. screen. Yeah. And there's a couple that are really good, but it, you do feel the edge coming off of it. Yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going with it. That's it's fine. just like, I, re I fucking loved it. Yeah. Like, love, love, loved it. Yeah. And yeah, it's just not heightened like that. It's him softening his edges, it's yeah. him doing something that's a little bit more evenly paced. The dialogue isn't like threatening to burst off the screen. There, yeah. There's not as much dialogue. I bet the script for this is shorter. Interesting. Uh, much shorter than the shooting script, let's say. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I don't know if it's if it's the best, but it certainly is a competitor for it. I think further viewings will help do yeah. that. And I really want to watch Jackie Brown again because that's, that's like pretty phenomenal. That's the one I really want to revisit. It's so good. Yeah. It has a few moments where you're like, "That's a shot that like 
Ooh, damn. Yeah. Good work. I really want to revisit that. I feel like I'm going to like it a lot more. Robert Forrester now. is next level good. But I do oh, remember he wears a lot of good, good sweatshirts in that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a lot of good, like, crew neck sweatshirts. Sweatshirts? Sweatshirts. <laughs> Sweat- crew neck sweatshirts. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild, but yeah, his best is Inglorious Bastards. I would say. I, I think so too. And and my favorite, I think, is just always going to be Kill Bill. That is like, you know, it's funny to think of like, because to me, it's like Tarantino is very much like a genre hound. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny to me that he's such a genre hound that the thing that I, of course, think is my favorite Tarantino is the one that is like genre within genre on genre genre hound. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, it yeah. is the most genre movie of his genre this hound is his movies. Most broadly accessible and yeah. I think his most wears the things it's deriving from on its face. Okay. It, it it does all of that. Um I think he does it in a way that is perfect. That those movies rule. Yeah. I I was on a podcast recently where I you had to pick like overrated underrated Tarantino and I listed Kill Bill Volume 1 as overrated. With the caveat that it's also still the best movie ever. Yeah, yeah. Because right? it's it's just because I think it's overrated in terms of uh, a lot of people really really love it. It's it's most broadly appealing, yeah. and you know there's more meat in some of his other work. But like, I feel like a hundred percent of the time, if it's like you want to watch something, I'm gonna pick one of the Kill Bills. Yeah. And whether you want to call it one movie or two, it yeah. doesn't matter to me. I love those movies so They're much. They're so good. They're just, and that is, that's what it is. They're so watchable to me. Mm-hmm. They're just so entertaining on like a minute by minute basis. Um, you can't miss a scene. Yeah. And why would you? It's so good. I, I, I love it. And even like him dipping his toe into anime in the middle of it, but yeah. then it being like some of the best, it's like such it's good so animation good. and like such a good story to be done in that style of animation. It's like, it, it, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. And that one, too, is interesting because it existed at a time in 2003 where it was like the general consensus, at least at the time, was like, oh, Tarantino does that fucking crazy shit. Yeah. And then Jackie Brown was more metered and emotional yep. and, and slower. And it was beloved for the right reasons. But a lot of the mainstream people went, eh, that was kind of slow. They kind of rejected I came here for some carnage that version of him. There was no carnage, yeah. carnage. And like, you know, and it's funny because now, like, amongst film nerds, it's largely considered right. his best. Yeah. And it's that's valid. I, I yeah. It's real good. It's yeah. like real good. That's the one I really need to revisit, I think. So this is sort of him just embracing, I want to. I don't want to say a return to form. I yeah. think that's unfair. But I just think just being like, okay, I'm going to give you guys something that secures that I am Quentin Tarantino. I do what you want. Yeah. And here's all the things that I love. Yeah. It's so enchanting. And my God, it's just filthy and beautiful. He really is such a fun filmmaker to revisit the movies of. Yeah. Which is oh, yeah. a pretty big strength, I think, where it's just like, yeah, I just kind of like watching his movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's a like good experience. Yeah, it's like fun to just and it, and but they're like they're good movies also because it's like I don't always I don't feel like I need to watch Pulp Fiction all the time. Mm. So then when I do revisit, it's like it's been enough time and it's fun and interesting all over Man, again. So do you good. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like oh yeah. yeah. I used to watch Pulp Fiction once a year. It was like my favorite movie ever. When I was in high school, I watched a lot of Tarantino movies yeah. a lot of times. I think I, that's that's one thing that credit where it's due. A lot of the current film, like, like the discourse around this movie has been, like at least on film Twitter, what it is, yeah. has been heated this week yeah, to yeah. some degree. Yeah. There's just been like a nasty edge to yeah. it that is weird and, and uncharacteristic. And I think it's because like 100% of us 
got into movies a little bit at least yeah. because of him. Yeah. He's that influential. Yeah. And opened up a lot of people, myself included, to like I would never have watched a black exploitation movie in my right. life. Now I've seen countless ones yep. and it was because Tarantino opened my eyes to it. You know, it's there's there's certain things like that 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 happens to me all the time. Added to the culture. And when so I see a movie I really like and the director is very open about like, oh, uh, it's kind of my uh, ode to this or my yeah, nod yeah. to this, or I always end up looking those movies up. And it's great to do. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's so yep. good. So I do like that Tarantino is does wear that stuff like on yeah. his sleeve. He's and is, proud to yeah, do it. I yeah. think yeah. that's cool. Yeah. It's uh, But like, yeah, I don't watch Pulp Fiction every year anymore right. it's been yeah. a while so yeah. if i revisit it but that's good that's what i like yeah. about his movies i think is like they're they're worth revisiting from time to time and they're such a good meal that you don't feel like you need to do it all the mm-hmm. time and so they just kind of yeah so I, i'm very excited to see the new and one i think kill bill is probably the most television friendly probably I actually think that's the one that if you put it on people are gonna be like what the fuck is this turn right. it off like my dad will watch Kill Bill if it's yeah. on and be like, oh, this is a cool karate movie. Yeah, yeah. But like, if Hateful Eight was on, it would be like, all right, I'm, yeah. I, okay, wh- what is this? I'm not, Who's gonna, is someone going to shoot somebody? And it, it's a movie that, you know, Kill Bill is a movie you could tune into at any moment. Yeah. And yeah. Hateful Eight probably isn't, you know, you kind of have to live mm. with it and in it. And, you know, mm. it's like, it needs yeah, the yeah, intermission. Yeah, yeah. 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 I do want to watch the, the Netflix cut. I'm curious. Apparently they're different. Yeah. I'm very curious. It's yeah. the only way I'm ever going to revisit that movie, which I think True. is a fantastic movie. BT yeah. dubs. That movie I'm not like necessarily crazy about, but it's definitely a movie uh, that. Um, I think about a lot and has yeah. kind of like grown in my estimation since seeing lot. it. I think that the, in a textural sense, it's evocative of, of, you know, being a play and whatever the old Panavision shit was. Yeah. I'm not a scholar on it, uh-huh. but that was like the first one where I was like, Oh my God, he's actually trying to think about contemporary issues yeah. and not just within the vacuum of character and story. Right. Right. And it was kind of interesting. It was but, interesting. Yeah. I, I did like, I loved the roadshow presentation too. Yeah, like that, that was, was like cool. really, really fantastic. The movie's over 97 minutes. It needs an intermission. Yes. Yes. Intermission. Yeah. You gotta go, you Bring know, it back. Go get stoned. Go eat yeah. pop tart, whatever he's going to do. Should that become our like mission for the podcast? We've been doing it six years and now all of a sudden we just like, we take this hard turn into like, Bring back the intermission. Back that's the intermission. what this podcast is about. I wish for the intermission. Yeah, yeah, like, that's, yeah. that's very rough draft. Uh-huh. Let's not go with that. But the commission says intermish. Boom. Uh, intermish is the ish. No, I don't know. Whatever it is. <laughs> intermish is the ish if of our time. If you had to pick, I, I think it's yeah. pointless to argue if uh, Kill Bill is one or two movies. It's yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, works yeah, yeah, for yeah. you is yeah, better. Yeah, sure. Um, which one do you like better, though? So, Oh, man. I, and I'll say this. We'll ask the same question, like what we're asking on the list at a large. Which one is the? Do you think objectively better if you could? And which one do you is your more favorite? So, oh my God, this is such a hard question for me to answer because when I first saw these movies, it was I I felt like I was having a very controversial opinion, uh, but meant it at the time too that I really like Volume Two like much more than Volume One. Mm -hmm. I think Volume One is a very fun movie. Volume Two is all the meat, and the meat is very good. It's I I like that movie a lot. I think as I've gotten older. I really appreciate that volume one is so fun and like, so it's just, he took, he took all the meat off of it. So that is just this like lean, fun, like great, just scene by scene, fun movie. And I really love that. And I think it's like, that has kind of become my favorite of the two. I think like over time, even though I still think two is like, that is the meat of that movie like mm-hmm. if we are separating them into two two is the meat of the movie that still has like a lot of fun in it like it's still it's probably got 
the better action scenes, even though they're not the most fun ones. It's mm-hmm. got like the better dialogue scenes, even though they're not the most fun. Do you know what I mean? It's like I think if one didn't have two, right, it would actually still feel complete. Yes, even though she never kills yeah. Bill, yes, and never gets there yes. at that point. If it just ended there, yes, that's a pretty complete story. I think two is incomplete two without one. Needs one, yes. I think two. I prefer. I, I actually think two is the better half, and I think I actually prefer it. Yeah, but in debt to one because yes. if I didn't have one, I wouldn't feel that way. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, and that's why I one. really fucking need him to make the whole bloody affair it. available to me because I really want to see because what, what you know what I know about it is there's obviously some yeah, scenes yeah. missing blah blah blah. Oh, I could build it for you right now because I know all about it. So but, the yeah. th- the thing that I'm most interested in is how some of it is actually in a different order too, mm. and I'm very curious how the movie plays in that way, right? Because yeah, yeah. it's not so much that it's because I agree with you. It's like. The uh, the the second half is is probably actually the better part of the movie, mm. but it's indebted to the first half, and so when they're cut apart, it becomes interesting to have this conversation about it. But together, they make two halves of a movie that is just a very good movie that so good. builds and builds and builds. But then the idea that the full movie is actually kind of in a bit of a different order that's very interesting to me. Mm. I would really like to see how that plays out and how it feels like it builds on itself. Dude, Exhumed did it once. Did they really? They did it once. I think it was Exhumed. I know it was at iHouse. Yeah. And I remember I was sitting at Helium waiting for the tickets to go <sighs> on sale. And it sold out. I think it was something like nine seconds. Dude. Tarantino lent his his print oh my to Exhumed to project. And I want to see it so bad. I yeah, I want to see it. It has to happen. Yeah, Quentin, we know you're listening to this. Yes, uh, definitely make it available in some sense yes. at some point. Yes, and mass available because people will. Oh go. my god, people will go. Yeah, and if they don't, like when you die, someone's gonna steal yeah. it. So it just makes honestly, money off if if I don't, I mean, maybe that roadshow was not successful, and that's why he hasn't done it again. Whatever, but like, do a roadshow with the whole bloody affair. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like to just do a similar I thing. See it so bad. Yeah. Or only play it on drive-in screens or something. Like, yeah. do something interesting with it that so that it can be, like, a specific tour of some kind that yeah, he can, yeah. like, promote or whatever. But, like, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, the I would love that. To, yeah. yeah, I would love that. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah. Well, my favorite Tarantino, yeah. we did an episode on it. Yes. Uh, is Death Proof. Yes. Um, I love that it's movie. It's certainly not his best, but it's my favorite. It's so watchable. It's got my boy Kurt Russell in it. <laughs> it's just, like, the entire cast is just phenomenal. Like the best banter, uh, the the home version has like the greatest jukebox dance. Ever. Oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah, but like of all of his movies that you go, okay, they're trying to be this, they're trying to be this, trying to be this. This is one that if I didn't know it was new, I would think it was old. Yeah, uh, he didn't like Planet Terror. Robert Rodriguez made a movie informed by the Grindhouse movies. Yes, Death Proof. Tarantino just made a Grindhouse movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a perfect, utterly perfect. Uh, amalgamation of that like a recreation of that that that's incredible to me and it's in service of a movie that is just about like it's fun there's a really cool stunt at the center yep. there's this evil evil villain and he gets his comeuppance for being evil the end yeah it's so simple it's so clean and it's so much fun yeah uh it's like his answer to like 
oh, you're too derivative. It's like, yeah, I might be derivative, but I can also do that. Yeah. And so he did it. You yeah. Know? And like, that's like, and I, I, I love that. Now that I've seen so many exploitation movies, it, like, it kind of even plays a little better where uh, for me because it's like, oh, yeah, these movies often are hangout movies until the scene. Yeah, they just build a stunt. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they have to use. Yeah. And so they just get to that stunt. Yeah. This is one of those, but all the other shit is really good, too. Right. And Stuntman Mike is just such a, such great, a great character. character. It's uh, it's a hundred percent death proof. Yeah. Only to get the benefit of it, yeah. you kind of gotta be sitting in my seat because <laughs> so that one speech, like, which uh, which way you going? And she's like, oh, to the right. And he's like, oh, that's a shame. Why? Because yeah. I'm going left. If you're going right, like you would be whatever about it yeah. for a while. But now that we're going left, you're gonna have to start getting scared right now. And yeah, it's, it's him having just a blast. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love that he chews it up in that movie. Oh, he it's chews great. It up. Especially he's, because then he gets to chew it up when they're just like kicking him to death and he's yeah. screaming like a little girl. He's it's such like it's a so bitch. good. So good. Yeah. Yeah, that rules. And Zoe Bell's just like yeah. Uh, she uh, has a small character in Once Upon a oh, Time cool. in Hollywood, and it. Great. Yeah, awesome. Great, great, great. Awesome. Well, yeah. I'm excited to see it. I'm looking it's forward good. to I'm, it. I'm very curious to hear what you think because yeah. I can't promise you. Well, like hopefully it. we that can be like some follow up we do by like the next yeah, episode. I believe we promised it would be this episode on the last one, but life found a way. Yes, and we did some things. Yeah, so, it's, you know. it got in the way, but but hopefully by the time you're going on a trip here coming up. Oh yeah, so we might actually have one more delay in episodes. Yep. Because I will be leaving the country for a week. And then the week I get back is my birthday, so that yeah. weekend I have yeah, to go buddy. home to my family. Yep. So it might be a solid two to three weeks before we get an episode out, but we might be able to potentially get one in next week. We might be able to squeeze one in, and more importantly, I'll maybe have seen this movie by then. Probably yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. And so we can maybe do some follow-up on that. Oh, that's true. The week I get back, we should totally just... We could just do... Like, that'll put us on time with yeah. the episode, and we could just do Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We could. I could make sure that would give me an excuse to like yeah. I have to go see it. Let's do it because that that would be the week of the, like the the week of the fifteenth seventeenth. I'd be going home. Okay. But during that week, I'm, yeah. I get back on the eleventh. Okay, we're doing guys. We just did we all our scheduling for you. We're it. not going to cut that. Yeah. And I have to do one small soapbox thing because I am beating. Get on your box, up. buddy. I was in a very uh, rough oh I think I saw and, some tweets about this aggressive today. mood this week. Uh, my air conditioning was out in my uh, in my house. That'll do it, That's buddy. You don't got to explain it any it's further. It's not an excuse. It's just an explanation. Um, but today I was slightly, and I, I wasn't mean, but I was definitely sassy to one of those clipboard <laughs> charity workers. Yep. And uh, it was uncalled for. And I know he's not listening to this, but I am very sorry. It was uh, it was uh, not my finest moment. Whereas, like I said, I, I felt like I was not necessarily being awful. I was being catty, and that's probably worse. Mm, I should have yeah. just been villainous. <laughs> but instead, I was like, I'm not giving you money, bro, and like yeah. did like one of those kinds of yeah. things. And I never do that. I'm always polite, but I did do that. So somehow this gets you. I'm so sorry. I've been kicking the shit out of myself all day for it. And, uh, I so, think this yeah. is good, though. I'm somewhat very sorry public it. penance. I need to get it out yeah. there. I feel very bad. Uh, I hope that's not indicative of who I am. It's all right. You've been putting this out into the ether all day. I think you're, Got you know, it. you're you're trying to pay your dues. He was because like your job sucks. I know. Yeah. I know. You yeah. have to ask a couple times. Yeah. But like, just wasn't the day for it, and I'm sorry. Yeah, I was an ass. It's uh, I mean, I think it's like good to always do your best to be the good guy, right? Yeah. Like to do to do the right things but like up. uh yeah everybody is fucking having a day like that you know no air yeah. all the systems yeah. went down at work yeah this is a rough day it was very weird it's, uh 
uh, as you said, it's like not an excuse, but I, I think it's okay to forgive yourself yeah, on your on your worst day. You know, I got another like three weeks before I'm out of the woods on personal destruction on this. Yeah. So all right, penance fair. will be paid, fair. my friend. All right. So I'm very sorry. Uh, but I'm I'm never putting my credit card on that clipboard. It's, it's <laughs> never nope. fucking happening. No, nope. it's never, and it's not because nope. I don't care about the ACLU nope. or whatever it was. It's because I don't like that information being on a clipboard in Center City, Philadelphia. Yes. Yep. So you know. Yep. And I subscribe to too many things already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. too many. Well, you but know, I'm sorry. You, you 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 do your right things in your ways. You know, you it's like it. yeah. I, it's uh yeah. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap this up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. This has been good. I'm glad we got to talk about that movie. That was yeah. kind of like a fun. We were. It was like we were like we got to do the Tarantino thing. So let's 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 do four rooms. And I that feel was like kind of every other movie was done yeah, to death. Exactly. This one probably interesting one so. to talk about. I think it is, it is really cool. Yeah, Tim yeah. Roth is like he's so special. fucking he's fun really in good it, man. In this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you it. can uh, find us on cinema76.com. We both write over there. You can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. That's with an F. Um, letterbox.com slash Philadelphia. I'm still reviewing every damn movie I watch over there. I'm almost to 1,000, Dan. I think I'm almost to 1,000. You getting that criterion? Uh, uh, you <laughs> better believe I'm buying the Shawa era. Dude. Is it Showa era or Shawa era? I don't know. I don't well know enough, of the yeah, Godzilla. Godzilla. I literally, I already set. own like half of those movies and I'm just going to, str- and I have recently bought them Dude, all the and I will almost phenomenal. immediately sell them all because yeah. the artwork's amazing and I need to own it. It'll it'll probably get a pretty big push that you can get it at Barnes and Noble and they do their fifty percent off. I think I heard there's like usually like a Thanksgiving time yeah, sale yeah. or something and like maybe it would be like about a hundred dollars around that time and mm. maybe I'll be buying definitely will be buying it. I will not be buying it because I don't actually have a physical media player right now, but I do support buying, buying physical the media shit out of it. But I do have Criterion Channel. Yo, I yes. subscribe to that. And uh, the nature of my life is one of streaming, and I, it's not ideal, but you got to get by. Well, and uh, you will get to see the the meme Godzilla movie where he's like, where he like does the kick, where he's like on his tail, just like riding across oh, the yeah, ground. Yeah, yeah. That's I know from that one kid. of those movies. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hope that these do show up on Criterion yeah. Channel. I I would expect. I would imagine they would. Yeah. yeah. Once the so, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. The I'm fact that they've stoked. got it. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. I can't wait. Uh yeah, and I think that that wraps my plugs up. What are yours? Yeah, same uh like all that stuff. Same stuff. Uh cinema seventy six, findy dot com. Uh yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. All that shit. Yeah, man. Doing uh, it to it. And you can find the podcast at I Like Two Movie, it's numeric two on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, we're all over the interwebs. Um subscribe on iTunes, please. Leave us a review. That helps us. Uh and uh yeah, I think that'll do it. If you guys want to email us and tell me like if you know of any weird movie shit in either London or Edinburgh Ooh, yeah. uh, over the next couple, from the first week of August, a little bit beyond that, let me know. Oh, yeah, I, if there's I like really an interesting screening anything. of something, like definitely tell yeah. Dan, because that would be a cool opportunity to like see I'll a be cool near screening British something Film overseas. Yeah. I'll be near the Museum of the Moving Image. I'm going to do yeah. all that kind of shit. Um, I almost just want to see Hobbs and Shaw. Ah, dude. Like, I mean, I'm, like I'll have seen it by then, but yeah. I like might just do it. It's, we'll see. I can't wait for that movie. It, I'm very excited to see what it is. I yeah. mean, whatever it is, it's going to be a blast. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, let me know what it is. All I have booked right now is a Jack the Ripper tour because okay. that's who I am. Yeah. So you know, that sounds good. I'm, I'm not Jack the Ripper. I'm just <laughs> a fan, and I'm not a fan of Jack the Ripper. I'm a fan of murder. <laughs> it's not getting better. Nope. I like true crime. But, but Here's the thing. That's actually crime. normal in 2019. Like yeah, that was the true. most normal thing you said. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I ended there. Yeah. No, that was perfect. I'm being silly. 
That's so how you yeah, got let out me know, Let me know what you got, because like, that yeah. kind of shit. It's a good idea. Good. I like to movie at gmail.com. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name... Mm, ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie, because we, we like, like to movie. movie.